This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Happy Wednesday, boys and girls. What is up? Welcome into another episode of the Bostonian versus the book. Dave Sheriff and Matt Peralt live on Twitter, live on YouTube, Sports Grid TV on the replay. NFL football tomorrow. Dave, I'm so busy today that I forgot a media appearance. It's officially football season when I get contacted and somebody says, hey, you're coming on the show today, right? And I went, I have no memory of booking this. But oh, yes, wow. I'll, I'll really? be on your show later today. Was it a yeah. paid gig? No left money on the table. No, no, just a just a someone who reached out and said, "Hey, will you come on the show?" And I was like, "So um, you blew somebody off?" No, I'm. I just didn't. They sent me the confirmation like oh. they're supposed to, and said, "I'm confirming with you that you're going to be on the show today." And I went, "Sure." <laughs> I have no memory <laughs> booking this, but I have a window. It fits. I was smart enough at least to put it in the right window. Oh, okay. All I right. just need to oh, make so sure you're gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I just totally oh, forgot that oh, I was going okay. to do it. So right. it was. Like, hey, by the way, today I was like, ah, oh, shucks. Yep, I'm good between the show and class. Yeah, I got that window in between the two things we can hopefully take care of. Yeah, don't be start doing that guy with the, with the no show or the, oh, I forgot. Or, we have to all us. things just came up or don't, don't do that, please. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I, I always try to do and say yes to anybody and everybody. I just need... Long time ago, somebody told me that I am uh, in football season. I need to hire someone to book my schedule. And I've said, forget that. But I don't know. The older I get, the more that I'm like, hmm, <laughs> maybe I might need someone to help me with that because I forget things a little bit too often. So yes. we're all good. We're all good. All right. We got a lot to get to. The thing yep. you just tweeted about the Mets and the taps for Timmy Can't Trumpet might be the funniest thing I've seen in a really long time. Can't. Can't. Can't even begin to tell you how funny it was. I, I could not stop laughing. Is it a Braves uh, fan? Who, who did that? A Braves fan did that, right? I got it from a guy who was doing a show this morning. And they said, did you see this? And I said, no. And I watched the video and could not stop laughing. And I was like, I don't know where the root of that started. Because like on Twitter, like right, you, can you can retweet, retweet videos right. and things like that. So I went back and looked and... I mean, I, I always try to find the originator of yeah, that of to yeah. try to get them the views and the credit, and then the, maybe they get the followers. Stip, the, the stick tap or the head to hat tip or right. whatever, whatever you want to declare. Right. Yeah. So I always try to do that. That was too funny, man. I mean, because this is, this is happening right before our eyes. It's September so, 7th, and the Mets may not win the division. <laughs> So here's the, it's Timmy Trumpets. If you go to Dave's Twitter account or mine, you, right below us, you can see the two Twitter uh, handles. I retweeted Dave's tweet of uh, it's Timmy Trumpet playing his typical Edwin Diaz intro, except they put taps on it. Oh, the reason why they put taps on it is because the Mets uh, are falling apart. Oh, uh, and now Max Scherzer heads to the IL. Oh, uh, 
as the Braves have caught the Mets after all the New York media oh. victory laps about them winning the division, Philadelphia oh media God. is having a, a, an absolute ball at this oh. because they're just trying to make the playoffs. The Phillies have been scuffling in their own. Oh. So they're just, they're like sitting back, putting their heels up and going like, watch this shit. This is great. <laughs> like mm. they're, they're, they're in love with what's happening right now with the New York Mets. How big of a red flag is this for the Mets season in your mind? It's crazy because, uh, like, I just I was doing uh, the the other thing on that Better Sports Network I was on with Keith and uh, and Moose, and they said, "How does this move the number? The, you know, do you wait for the max information, or do you wait to hear Buck Show Walter's press conference?" And I said, "No, nobody waits in a book or a risk room for media to tell you or the the, the manager to tell you how long he's going to be out. Mm-hmm. So you've got to, you know, and." I mean, the way I did it offshore and the way we did it at CG was in like a way a couple of books are still doing it now. They don't take it down. They just adjust it. Right. Just you make a decision in 30 seconds. Holy shit. Scherzer's out. He's on the eye. The Mets keep losing. The Braves keep winning. They're mm-hmm. tied. Uh, I wish I knew who was going to win. Um, then I would, you know, tell everybody to bet on it. But... <laughs> I think the Braves are going to win a division. I've been saying this for a month. And it's, now, because they are doing it without those aces. Yeah. I mean, legitimately. Strider's tremendous. Young. It's not Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom. When you look at this, do you go, okay, the Braves can win it? It just feels like the Mets are. I hate that word cursed, but it just feels like this Mets team, no matter what they do, this is what happens in September. Like they just, (laughs) they were loaded. They are loaded. They've got the best on paper pitching staff in the division. They've got two hall of fame pitchers. One misses the first half of the year. And now Max might miss the last half of the year. It's just well, it's only four starts, but that's that could be the difference between making winning division and making being the wild card. But what's the right? prognosis though? What happens if in the postseason if he's not available? Say they make the playoffs. If he's not there to go, if they're in a wild card series and you don't have Max Scherzer, uh-oh. That's bet against. <laughs> right? Like it's that's a real against. that's a real uh-oh moment right there. I mean, DeGrom's DeGrom, but they don't score any runs for DeGrom. So and, and Bassett's been good. Bassett's yeah, as a walker has been but, good. And the, I mean, the, it, it's not like, yeah. I don't think the sky is falling, but it's definitely that they're falling apart. I mean, the Mets are slowly falling apart at the moment with this. And it's, it's a problem. I mean, it, it's a problem. If, if you're a Mets fan, there's no way that you're sitting there here in the beginning of September. And you feel like you did a month and a half ago where you were the team. I mean, I said it, I didn't bet it, but I was like, man, the Mets look like the team to beat in the National League. They're going to make the they're going to make the World Series. It's going to be Mets against you know Yankees, Astros. You know right. who's going to be the, we talked about the, you know the collision course. Then it might be Dodgers, Astros, or it might be Mets and the Astros, or Braves and the Astros, or Braves and the Mets, or Braves, or Braves and the Yankees. But now, I mean, it just goes to show you how long of a year baseball really is, and how difficult it really is to play this this many games and stay healthy oh. and stay hot. For this many games, because I mean, a, a month in the world is a totally different situation. Oh yeah, no, that's why. Again, I I know we're you know on the cusp of football, and everybody's talking about 
you know, Bills and Rams, and we will, and everybody's talking about their divisions and yeah. conference futures and Super Bowl. But the grind of baseball is just something I, I, I find fascinating. And they were the odds-on favorite, along with the Dodgers, to win the NL. They wouldn't be today. I mean, they, they, you know, stuff is going to adjust. Like, you're going to have to make that Mets price. Who in the hell is betting the Mets now to do Boy. anything? I mean, like to just win the division, let alone win the tie. Though it's not like they're. I mean, I know it feels bad, right? But like in the standings, if you take a snapshot of the standings, it's right now. Mets Braves are tied, (laughs) so it's not like there's the Mets are going down. The 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 ship is taking on water. Max to the IL is significant, right? But like if you started the year, if I told you on, you know, March the first that on September the 6th, the New York Mets are going to be in a dead heat with the Atlanta Braves for the division. Mets would have taken it, would they have not? I would think so. Right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people bet it. They bet their season wins over. They bet the Mets to win the division. The books are in a great position because they needed the Braves. They needed the Phillies to win a division. Not that the Phillies are going to win a division, but the Braves can. So it's interesting. I mean, September baseball – Unfortunately for a lot of people, you know, gets lost after being committed for the summer. As soon as football starts, you got college football Saturday, NFL football Sunday, and now NFL football Thursday. So the days of the week where anyone pays attention to baseball is like Monday, Tuesday, not even Monday. Wednesday. It's two days. That's it. I have today's Wednesday. So we're starting to show with a baseball discussion. I love it, but I have, I will, I have football. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I don't have to bet baseball until next Tuesday, (laughs) but I got to bet baseball today, Wednesday. So I figured we'd start baseball today. We've got an interview coming up with Sean Patrick Griffin about Tim Donaghy and sort of what's going on right now in the media involving the new Netflix documentary series. We talked about Manti Teo. The second iteration of this is Tim Donaghy and his story. Again, I don't know how much we've, learned new. I've not watched the documentary yet. I've talked to two people who have watched it and have said that, look, it's the same stuff. It's nothing new. But Sean Patrick Griffin is somebody who is dissecting it as saying, wait a second, we're rewriting history with Tim Donaghy and we're essentially letting him off the hook for the stuff that he did actually do and that he's been able to retell a story in a way that makes him come out, not like a victim, but not as maybe egregious of an actor as he really was in some people's minds. So looking forward to that. His Sean Patrick Griffin's Twitter account is phenomenal. If you're into this stuff, <laughs> fixing of games, he is dunking on everyone in the media who's trying to let Tim Donaghy off the hook for what he did back in the nineties. So that comes up at the bottom of the hour. That's going to be a lot of fun in, in about 15 minutes, but we're talking baseball because I, I think there are some really cool baseball stories to get to football yes. later. Orioles continue to be a really tough out. They win yeah. again. Bench is clear. What do you think? Go- I mean, play this out for a second. Long term for the Orioles. I'm seeing stuff in Baltimore that if I'm an Orioles fan, they're probably not making the playoffs. Okay. They'd have to get red hot and things would have to happen. They're three and a half back of the I last know, but, spot. I know, but they're they chasing games against Toronto. They have a lot of tonight, games against Toronto today. They have a game against yeah. Toronto. They could be two and a half after today. So yeah. I, I don't think they ultimately will make the playoffs. I think they, I think the Jays ultimately will make the playoffs and, and, and the Orioles will not, but 
They are a tough out and they are scrappy, man. The bench is clear yesterday. They're coming with some intensity. I, I don't know. This is the brightest light that I've seen at an Orioles, maybe in 15 years. Like I actually see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like this team is going to be a fun team to watch in a couple of years. Well, this team's a fun team to watch right now. True. I've been watching their games all summer. They are, they have the best record in baseball or something since May, mm-hmm. I believe. Something, something like that, like 13 games or 500 at home. They're 40 and 27 at home. Yeah. And yet they're home dogs again today. <laughs> the betting market blew up my bet because they, sw- they swapped out the pitchers. So, yeah. It's, I, was, I have I have Wells as the listed starter. Yeah, it was Manoa it was the, against Wells. Yeah, I I bet Blue Jays money line today, and then it was Manoa against the kid that had won four straight starts for the Orioles, but they moved pitchers. So okay. my well, bet went out the window on that. But uh, what I mean, what the, a, the fight last now. night was um, the exact reason why I stopped playing adult league softball. Oh, because everybody just chirps, everybody yeah. just talks, everybody's about me, me, me. This is the modern baseball player, um, the modern game. I, I, I don't want to sound like an old man yelling at my lawn because I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But if you dish it, you got to be able to take it. And all the pitcher did was look back and, you know, because they were chirping at him from the dugout. And the pitcher looked back and stared him down said, I, I, I got you out. Mm-hmm. And they had to jump out of the dugout mm-hmm. completely. I side with the pitcher most of the time because mm-hmm. I was a pitcher one, but two, the pitcher got the ball. <laughs> Only sport in existence where the defense starts the action. Pitcher got the ball. The pitcher mm-hmm. can put it in your ear hole, your hip, your ribs. Keep talking, you know, keep pimping, but don't get mad if I strike you out and look back. I give you a little look back. Don't, don't, you can't get mad at that. The batter's all going to come out of the dugout. It's a joke, the flip. baseball fights. The Back guys come me. running in from the bullpen. <laughs> Hold me no back. No trumpet music. Hold they me come back. running in. <laughs> Here we come. We're going to get you. Yeah. Listen, you're pitchers. I mean, seriously, stay in the bullpen. You ain't helping nothing. Um, I don't know. It was a battle between the birds. I, I, I saw the video. What would you think of the video? I mean, the video told the story to me, didn't it? I – I care less about how the fight happened. I care more that I actually like that the Jays have their swagger back. Oh, they do. Like if I'm a Blue Jay fan, their offense went like missing and Bo Bichette suddenly found his offensive swing. And this week. Yeah. I mean, but you can't get this guy out right now. I mean, he's nope. four, home, four home runs in two games. I mean, it's insanity. So yeah. it's like, all right, he's back. That's good. Their offense seems like it's it's waking up again. And then, I mean, frankly, they haven't been through this. I mean, they're so young. They've had such high expectations. Everybody coming out of spring training was like the Blue Jays lineup, best in baseball. Look out. They're winning the World Series. And things just haven't gone as well as they thought it was, was going to. But all their goals are still there if they make the, make the tournaments. You're going to get in first, but right. then you can see what happens. I don't love their pitching, but their offense can slug their way through a lot. So, But they've got a hit. And they went through a whole couple of, you know, a couple of months where they weren't hitting. So now if they get hot in September and October, the Jays, I like the fact that Jays got into a fight yesterday. I, I like that there's some moxie and some swag coming back with that team. And I like the Orioles standing their ground. And I like the fact that there's going to be, you know, both teams aren't going to get pushed around. So it makes for a really interesting game today because <laughs> Manoa, oh, <laughs> he's no man <laughs> brings it. 
and yeah. he talks and he's animated and he and he'll put it in your ear hole if he wants to. This is this is going to be a, uh, one of those games that I absolutely love in September. The baseball, it's hard to get this going in April and May Agreed. when the weather's still cold and things aren't, you know, are we good? Are we not? Are we playing for something? Are we not? Both these teams are playing for something. Mm. Nobody got thrown at. Nobody got hurt. Like that was just testosterone, men, baseball, talking shit, backing it up. I love it. I mean, it's 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 good for it's good for the competition. It's good to see as a fan, like, hey, we're here. Believe me, when the pirates were starting to get good and they, they were getting thrown out all the time, they had to they had to throw at guys and just say, hey, we're not taking your shit. And they started doing this when McCutcheon and that team, I you you can see it. Baltimore's building something. It's finally happening. And even with them, in my opinion, raising the white flag at the trade deadline, even with that, they're building something. I think they knew what they were doing. I would agree. Like, they knew that they had to get something for Trey Mancini, and this was the time to do it. But they were solid with like, hey, man, we got the guys in this in this clubhouse that we're going forward with. Mm. We'll live with whatever's going to happen this season. And the guys in the clubhouse are doing a real life major league. They're not ripping off a piece every win. But you know, but they're you can tell they're unified. It's fun. It's that's that's September baseball, bro. I love it. Uh, real quick before we go to the Cubs and yep. the and the Reds today. Breaking news out of New York. The yep. Jets have just announced that Zach Wilson's out until week four. Yes. The hell are the they, Steelers. They're, they're the hell are they doing? The Steelers, what right? are they can we stop? I mean, I hate yesterday it was he's likely to play. Right. Today he's out a month. Right. <laughs> like what, what are we doing? Like really? I, I know nobody knows shit. That's no, just, they're just trying to do the whole, you know, lower body injury, hockey misdirection. I'm not telling you anything media. You're not, you're not privy to the information, blah, blah, blah. We're not tipping our hand to our opponents and whatnot, but like really like, so John Harbaugh and, 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 and the whole organization for Baltimore was going to be scared. Like, Oh no, here comes Zach Wilson. So we have to change our whole game plan. I mean, like, come off of it, man. And now it's not week one. It's week two and three. Three games he's missing coming back potentially week four, maybe back week four. That's a signal to tell Flacco, listen, don't get hit. Stay stay alive because we need you for three weeks now because we ain't even thinking about bringing him back um, until week four. If you have a ticket on the Jets scene, season win over total. (sighs) Sorry. Why would you have a? Season wicket to that was a on vet. the season win total. Do you know people are betting the Jets to win the division? Happens every year. It's a, it's a joke. I <laughs> love it. Jets to win the division. They're like Jets are going to be awesome. They're going to win nine games. Jets are in the playoffs. People were saying the Jets will be the new Bengals. We heard oh, that yeah. all summer. Yeah, the Jets yeah. are the new Bengals. Look out! Out of coming out of nowhere, Zach Wilson's the new Joe Burrow. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, doing. Uh, like the kids say, that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I've been asking the sharpest guys in the world that I know. They bet the Jets season wins over consistently every year for a decade. Wow. I I mean, I used to joke with them. I'm like, geez, if this was my book, personally, I'd put you on a Christmas card list every year. Come in and bet it over. I bet the Jets to win the AFC. What is wrong with you? Like, is seriously? there really a book Christmas card list? There should be. 
Okay. Yeah, if there was, I'd well, love that. That'd be amazing if there was. Oh, there's old school guys that send Christmas cards. And if the guy smokes cigars, he sends him cigars. If they, Believe me, the book. But if they're winning, though, if they're winning betters, are they getting cigars? Um, No, they're probably getting envelopes. <laughs> oh, okay. There's a lot of envelopes. A lot of envelopes being handed out in that situation. <laughs> Going so, back and forth. Yeah. Cubs are minus 148 today against Mike Miner. It's Mike Miner day. How the hell are the Cubs minus 148 against anybody, let alone Mike Miner? It's a very good question. Um, expensive price, is it not? To bet the Cubs? Uh, yeah, it is. William Hill Caesars went up to 45. One, minus, one, minus 145? Minus 145. Fandles at minus 148. Yeah. Wow. I don't like Mike Miner at all, but I'm not betting the Cubs. Not today. I'm not sure I'd bet the Cubs again the rest of the season. There's no a lot of schools of thought here, right? A lot of I mean, people love these like trash can games, mm-hmm. Cubs, Reds. I mean, they're only playing this because it's on the schedule. Right. Because <laughs> they have <laughs> to, right? <laughs> you know, right. if if you're the book, you're like, we got to put it up because they're playing it. What do you make the line? Well, you can't make the Reds even close to favorites because right. it's Mike Minor. It's Mike Minor. And but <laughs> Minor pitched good the last couple of times. That's two starts he's pitched well. That's why I mean that's why I'm bringing it up. It's funny. I'm like, wait a minute. Mike Minor is it's Mike Minor Day, but Mike Minor Day has kind of gone the way of Kyle Friedland under day. Kyle Friedland under day became an overplay all of a sudden. And now Mike Minor fading Mike Minor. All of a sudden, Mike Minor is almost a play, given the way right. he's he's found something here late in the year. Right. I mean, it happens, right? You're a great, you, you are so bad, but then you figure something out because you are so bad and you just start to regress back to the mean and that's kind of going on the upswing. So, you know, he was really bad. I mean, probably not Dallas Keuchel is probably not going to do that, but Mike Miner has done that. Has figured it out. You want to bet the Reds today? No, but I think it's a better, <laughs> it's a better bet than the Cubs. I'd rather take the plus money on Cincinnati than take the and lay the juice on the Cubs. Uh, on either one, it's, a good, it's an interesting game to look at because it is, it, it is interesting. But I don't think uh, I don't think there's much, you know, in the constant search in this space with all these experts and analysts and all these things. I don't know if you guys give out the Cubs or the or the Reds today. You're really digging deep in those weeds, man. I'm proud of you. Uh, for those of you watching. Good luck right, with one, that game. One more baseball game. So Zach Greinke has an ERA of 1.98 at home. Damn, son. Right? His That's ERA on the road is really, really bad. Yeah. It's, it's over six and a half ERA on the road. But the, the Royals are at home today against Cody Morris. Uh-huh. And yet Zach is a dog today. The Royals, man. But a 1.98 ERA at home in Cleveland hasn't exactly been hit knocking the cover off the ball. It's the Royals. I mean, I got them on the run line yesterday, 4-1 win. I'll take it. But I know it's the Royals, but... It's the Royals, man. They're 32-39 and 39 at home. The Guardians are 37-34 and 34 on the road. I don't know, <sighs> plus 120 on Kansas City today? How does that feel? Better than betting on Cleveland today against Zach Greinke. I'd rather take I'd rather take a guy with a sub two ERA at home in September. Well, that's a pretty big sample size for a guy pitching at home. Things are much different. I don't mind a play on the under either. 
Right. That's probably the play. Um, Cody Morris is an ERA of nine, though. How many innings? So? He's a he's a he's only going to come in. He's an opener. Right. He's not Cleveland's bullpen's one of the top five in baseball, is it not? It is, bullpen but ERA. you got to go seven innings <laughs> out of that bullpen. That's a lot. You're going deep into the arms. Or the Royals in the uh, in the run scored category as far as runs scored for teams bottom oh. five in baseball, I believe. Oh yeah, they're they're one of the worst. They're in the A's. They're like they're horrific. Um, let's see, run scored five hundred and forty-one. That's a uh, hundred more than the Tigers, <laughs> who are absolute <laughs> T-rash. They are so bad. That's an early game today. The Angels are minus two ten. The Angels are minus two hundred or two ten everywhere. How bad That's are nuts. the Detroit Tigers? People, come on. 60 and 76, the Angels. 27 games back of the Astros. Negative. They've scored 520 runs. The Royals have scored more runs than the Angels have. With Mike Trout. Well, show Mike Tani. Trout for part of the season. He's okay. And Otani coming back. And Otani for most of it. Mike Trout hit 30 home runs last night. I know he is 30th 31 for Otani and 31 for Mike Trout. And their record is 60 and 76. Yeah. They're still got a shot at getting to 500, believe it or not. Right. Like if they run off 20 of their last 30, (laughs) they go 20 and 10. Good luck. Still aren't 500, but they're going to have a good season. Like it's going to be. Trout puts up the numbers. And somehow the numbers still, you know, when you look back, you're like, wow, he hit 30 home runs. He's going to have all these rubies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Back to your original question. You bet Cleveland. You bet the Royals. Good luck. I don't, I, I, there's yeah, so I many the games time. now where I think the hardest games to, to pick or bet or whatever in baseball right now in September, the two trash games you can just figure out, like, you know, Cubs, Reds. Mm-hmm. Whatever side you take, you live with. Mm-hmm. The two good teams, two contending teams, it's like a playoff game. Seattle and the White Sox today. It's a good game. Mine's tough, whatever. The hardest ones are these ones where you got contending team against team out of it, but a guy performing on the mound above expectations. It's tough. It's a tough bet. Yeah, I don't think I, – I mean, I haven't bet it, but if I was going to bet it, I'm taking the dog. Give me a home dog. Right. In one second, we're going to get this Sean Patrick Griffin, who, if you guys aren't following on Twitter, I would highly recommend SPG author, Sean Patrick Griffin, author, professor of criminal justice at the Citadel, and a guy who has had an unbelievable take on Tim Donaghy untold operation uh, flagrant foul, which is part two of this next Netflix untold series. By the way, they put a preview out. Johnny Manziel is going to have one of these. And that's going to be wild to see what Johnny Manziel, because he was in the Manti Teo doc for a second because he won the Heisman right. the year that Manti Teo came in second. So yeah. that documentary on the partying of him and what led him to be, you know, flame out in the league and what he was doing. Could you imagine Johnny Manziel in an era of name and likeness? what his deals would have been. I mean, he would have cashed in quick, but I mean, it's just like his playing career would have been fast. And then it would have been, you know, 
his other year, I hope he would have got paid because yeah, he I, got paid. All right. He got paid on the table. <laughs> he didn't get paid legally, but he got paid. He just didn't get paid above board. Like they're getting paid now. Every player that's gotten paid being like, man, I had to sneak that around. I had to get a, you know, a duffel bag full of money. Now you guys are getting checks. You're getting cashier's checks now. Unbelievable. <laughs> Big checks. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's get to Sean Patrick Griffin. He, a guy who's going to help us break down what is going on with the reaction to the, the Tim Donaghy situation. Again, his Twitter account has been phenomenal covering all of this. Sean, Matt, and Dave, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good. Thanks, guys, for having me. Well, first of all, great to see you, Sean, because we've never actually seen each other, but we've yeah, corresponded so many times. So excited to have yes. you on the show today. For those people that don't know, you wrote a book called Gaming the Game. And I just want to give you an opportunity right now to kind of sum up this book because I know what the book meant to me. I couldn't, I almost like got thrown out of the house because I got so consumed in it when I read it back when I read it. And my wife was like, what are you reading? I'm like, not right now. I'm still reading. <laughs> so people in the gambling space need to know what is gaming the game from your mouth itself. What would you describe it to people that are new to this space? Sure. Well, thank you for asking. Well, the subtitle for the book, of course, is the story behind the NBA betting scandal and the gambler who made it happen. And so the first the first one third or one half of the book is actually about the underworld of big time sports betting. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is I'm not a gambler. But of course, when I took on this research project, I was fascinated by the fact that people in my line of work really don't focus on anything other than local bookmakers at your local bar or whatever. And no one had ever really researched the people who are betting millions of dollars every day for a living so much so that they literally claim it on their tax returns. And so I spent a lot of time with the runners out in Vegas. I spent a lot of time dealing with the offshore sports book. Now, by the way, the research was all done way before sports betting became legalized. So it was even more fascinating because you had to figure out, okay, well, if people are betting that kind of weight offshore, How's that money being brought onshore to pay off all the bets? So it was fascinating. But the other thing is, when I got access to all the pro gamblers, they would let me sit down with them. And your viewers and listeners might know about Don Best. You know, watch the Don Best screen with all the betting lines from around the world. Mm -hmm. Well, these guys bet so much money or and or they're so significant. They know that when they place a bet, it's going to manipulate the line. And so they would play games with me. They'd say, sit down and watch this. And they would purposely bet X number of dollars wherever, and they would watch the line move. And it was mind boggling so much so that the gamblers are all friends. They're competitors, but they're also friends. And routinely they'd, they'd text, they watched this. They'd say, watch this. They make a line move and they say, watch, Matt's going to chase this because Matt loves that sports book and he loves that line. And then Matt would chase it and he'd text him, gotcha. I mean, they're, they're playing these games all the time. Now, the serious part of that, which Dave knows, is that for serious bettors, they're manipulating lines all the time to get the best odds. So they'll routinely bet way offshore. They'll bet in Asia, which is 12 or 13 hours ahead. They'll bet like 100 grand or 200 grand to get a line to move a little bit. And then it filters through Western Europe, which is six hours ahead. By the time people wake up on the East Coast, they've been manipulating that line for however many hours. So that by the time it gets here, they've gotten the line where they want it. And they're going to bet two or three million on the other side of the proposition because they have now moved the line to where they want it. And so I describe how they do that in detail. 
uh, in the book, uh, the, the entire sociology of big time sports betting, how the sports books look at them. That's a fascinating relationship because sometimes the sports book obviously don't want them involved because they can theoretically take a big chunk of money out of it. But the sports books also benefit from having the same sort of information. So sometimes they'll park numbers to see what the thing is going to get based on the things they're hearing from the sharps, from the sharp betters. So it's very complicated. I mean, obviously, I spend you know 100 pages or something in the book on that. But that's that's the first part of the book. And the second part, of course, is about the NBA betting scandal where I interviewed the FBI agents involved, the U.S. attorneys officials involved, all the pro gamblers, only one of whom you've heard of, by the way. Jimmy Batista is the name in the news, but there's an entire cast of characters who actually were betting on these games um, from 2003 until it ended in April of 2007. Uh, so you get the whole picture. That's why even though people say, oh, well, that's that the book is Batista's perspective. That's only partially true. Yeah, it was the first time the public ever heard what Batista had to say, because unlike Martino and Donaghy, he didn't cooperate with the feds. But if there's disagreement on things like how much money was being made or anything like that, I present all three perspectives. I wanted this to be the story. If you read about the NBA betting scandal mm -hmm. 50 years from now, I want you to say, oh, I'll pick up game in the game. Right. Um, that sounded like a very thorough explanation of how lines move for a guy that's a, not a better, Sean. That was a really damn good explanation. You've learned a lot and actually talked to a lot of the right people. I say nobody knows shit all the time, but that sounded like somebody that might know something, Sean. Am, am, am I wrong? And like, you're, well, is anyone I'm looking for I'm you at this moment? I listen. I I learned a lot, but I've still never bet a penny. I'm the only person probably who would write a book about sports gambling and never gambles and never did. Wow! You get a kick. You'll get a kick at this, and your your viewers will too. I of course have buddies who love gambling, and when they heard what I was doing, especially when I was literally in the belly of the beast for those three years when I was doing the book, they were constantly asking me for inside picks or inside informations, like oh, what's the? And I'm like, listen, man, I'm, I'm watching them play the lines. I'm not. You're you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> That's the hard part about this. Like, yeah. who? I'll, I'll just point blank ask you: Who knows shit? You've been in the belly of the beast. You were doing. You were right. You wrote a book. You put your name on it. You talked to all these people. Do you think there's a key? Is someone have the key to solve the Da Vinci Code in any of this? In your opinion, you've seen it. Oh yeah, no, no. There, there are a handful of people who either because they've got research teams or sophisticated computer models who absolutely know what they're doing. Because, by the way, they're not... Are they, are they on Twitter? Are they on TikTok or social <laughs> media? I'm just, I'm just curious. I don't, I don't think so. No? Right. But there, there, are, there are people who do this for a living. And, by the way, that's the, other, that's the other myth. Now, you guys probably know this. People think that this is like the underworld. These are like regular people who happen to be very smart and they're choosing. See, they, they look at betting no different than they look at day traders in the stock market. And they thought that even before gambling became legalized, they certainly think it now. So that's all it is. They're just high end math people. Is it better or worse for them as more and more states legalize this whole thing and make it so, quote unquote, transparent because they probably thrive without with only so many people knowing. And now yes. you have the Euro models coming over and yes. really sucking yes. it all up. Yes. What do you no, think? You're right. No, it's absolutely worse 
Because look, now with things like sport radar and all the data tracking things that all the leagues are using, like tennis used it overseas and now they're using it here. Well, that information was the sort of things that was only the province of the big time illegal gamblers for 20 or 30 years. And now it's mainstream that anyone can subscribe and get to it. So a lot of their edge is being taken away. So so now their edge is being taken away, but now Sport Radar gets to control the feed, all the information and all this. And that's probably 100% legit, right? Like that's probably all yeah. now up on the up and up and all on the up and board, right? I mean, there's, there's no, we don't, nobody needs to question them or anything, right? I, I, I sense sarcasm in your, in your Really? Uh, I didn't mean that. I, I'm only saying I don't have any evidence of that. That could be an issue. I don't, I don't know anything about that. I might have to put you on it after reading that book and get you on it. You're a bulldog and get that information. Um, well, Matt, ask a question. Please. Yeah. Sean, I, I want to kind of pivot here to the second half of the book and talk about the gambling scandal and, and what's going on with Tim Donaghy in the media. Cause obviously this is why we're talking about this back up again, because the Netflix documentary is out and your, and your Twitter account is doing an incredible job of sort of dissecting and debunking a lot of these claims that Tim Donaghy is making because he goes on these shows and he essentially revises history. What, when you were just, when you were in the belly, as Dave's talking about going through all of this, now we're in a different era because this was pre-PAPS were being repealed, but does it, I don't bother you is the right word, but are you concerned at all that people are talking to Tim Donaghy without the full breadth of the actual story as to how it happened? Yes, but see, to me, it doesn't even matter how awful he is. I don't understand how someone gets out of prison and you put a microphone in front of him and assume the default is truth. He literally served prison time for felony fraud. <laughs> that was literally why he was in there. Never mind all of his other off the court. There's somebody in the media. There's somebody in the media too. There's more than one person who's had that happen, by the way. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. There's another media personality in New York that. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean he's lying, but it also doesn't mean that you don't humor that from the beginning, especially, and this is why I get so frustrated, never mind my access to the FBI files or any of the other confidential stuff I have, like I have Batista's betting records. You, There is a public record. So when he says that he was extorted by the Gambino crime family, and he says it all the time, well... You can check the public record. The FBI never said that. The U.S. Attorney's Office never said that. Martino and Batista weren't charged with extortion. The, the prosecutors, when he was signing his plea deal, said that Donaghy says he's, quote, never said he was anything other than a willing participant, unquote. And then the judge, when she sentenced him, said that Donaghy was, quote, unquote, more culpable than his co-conspirators. So my point is, never mind my three years of research, that's all public record. And so if you're going to do, never mind the documentary where they spend however many months or a year on this with a big budget, and you get that wrong, it's not 2007. There's no fog about what happened. We know what happened. And yet, according to that documentary, we don't know what happened. And they're going to, it's just all through Tim Donaghy's same BS story from 2007. Did the documentary people try to talk to you? Did you did, were you involved in it at all and took a pass? Well, how did that work? I was contacted. Uh, I don't know how many months ago I was contacted. Yes, a couple of times. But it, it was clear to me that they had contacted me late in the process. They had already done a handful of interviews and they realized, first of all, they had never, this is going to come off as self-serving, but it's comical that they contacted me. Well, the only reason you would contact me, of course, is because I authored Gaming the Game. Mm 
Well, they contacted me, but had not read Gaming the Game. Oh. So when I'm having this conversation with them, it, it was so pointless because they didn't understand the story. And then they asked me for interview questions to ask of people, but they didn't grasp why you would be asking the questions because they didn't understand the story. So they did contact me. And that's why, look, that's why I started posting on Twitter a while ago. Look, I hope I'm wrong, but this has all sorts of bad vibes about it because they just don't know about the story and how that's possible after all this time. Never mind, by the way, don't forget, they had access to everybody. They got all three co-conspirators. The, the actual FBI agents are still, they're still um, active, so they can't speak to this, but Scala was on, the supervisor was on the show. And they had access to me, my documents, Scala's documents, and you still put out that product? That is a conscious decision. And that's why, that's why I think it's so outrageous what they did. And the thing is, that thing looks, they do great production. So it comes off as authoritative and compelling. And it's both. Wow. Does it bother you that they call it untold? Meaning like there's something that has not been disclosed or discussed or revealed? Uh, yeah, well, I actually got in an argument with one of the producers about that a long time ago. And I literally said to him on the phone, based on what you're telling me, that you, the, the thing is called untold and everything's been told. Well, it turns out that was exactly right. And I said that three months ago or something like that. Um, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't understand it. But, but here's the thing. Look, I'm obviously on the wrong side of this because this story, and I should put that in quotes, it's Donaghy's story. It's his debunked story is on fire it sells it's sexy it's hot it's got the mob he's a mob victim uh you know and he was only doing what he did on the court because of what david stern told him to do he's not responsible for anything he's just made bad choices you know it wasn't that he was fixing games or any of that stuff um and they love it so i'll i'll keep trying to do history right so that somebody 50 years from now at least cares about the truth they can read the book but man it's hard convincing people uh that they've been duped Oh man, it's hard convincing people of anything. We talked about it. We, you know, Matt has Biff's almanac from Back to the Future. Has all the scores. He could give somebody the score of the game today. They wouldn't believe him. Look, it's right there. He keeps it close exactly. to him. We always refer to it. We got all the scores. So history repeats itself. That's a very common expression. Things like this. Whatever the history is, people can. First of all, you should read Sean's book. Then. If you want to go watch Untold, you can go watch it and then make your own determination. But, Sean, you were there. You've been in it. You've seen it. I'm here. Matt's here. We're, there's a lot of people. Can history repeat itself with another Donaghy scandal and things like that? I mean, is that possible? Yeah, well, my answer is actually yes. And that's partly why I have such an issue with documentaries like that and all the media over the last 10 years, where, by the way, Matt, I don't like the phrase dunking on people. I'm a professor. I don't dunk on anyone. I, I point out inconsistencies. <laughs> How tall are you? Can you, can you get up? Can you get up in the room? How tall are you? I'm, I'm calling it dunking on people. It's beautiful. It, it's calling out people in the media that need to be called out when they're trying to give yeah, this guy a pass. In answer, answer your question, Dave, it's possible because where the documentary, one of the many things that gets wrong, because it's saying that Donaghy was doing this based on inside information, and as I show in, in Gaming the Game, that is not what was happening. If that were true, the bets that he was placing on games he didn't officiate would have been winners, and they'd keep betting those too. But he had a few of those. They were losers, and they said enough with those. So it's possible because the gamblers always said the way that he was fixing the games was that he was calling technically correct calls that are very rarely enforced. 
which would thus not be detectable. Well, ironically, and the documentary says this correctly, he really was one of the highest rated NBA officials. And he was also known for calling a lot of calls. Well, if that's how you're altering a game outcome to help your bet, that isn't going to get detected. So I don't know how even today, even if you were auditing games today, I don't know how you would pick up on that. And by the way, for your people who are new to this story, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just curious to, to, along those lines, because we've talked about this, that, you know, college kids are now making money on their own name and likeness. So they're less likely to be victimized by someone who wants to fix a game, but referees in every sport, aren't they still the most vulnerable to be enticed to do something nefarious? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, when I interviewed Batista for Game in the Game, he had a you'll get a kick out of this. He had a hustler's answer, which is, well, look, man, these referees, they're only making, yeah, fine, you can say that they're making 200 grand or 250 grand, but the guys they're, they're refing are making millions. Well, they're on the road as much as everybody else. So why wouldn't they have an edge to them and say, screw this, we're staying in this, this, or whatever, and I, I can easily make X number of dollars? I have no evidence of that, by the way, but I'm just saying that's the logic right. of a hustler. Right. So right. Uh, I don't know. I, not that that's possible, but I don't know. I mean, but you saw it. You got the you got the betting records. I mean, you talked yeah. to all these guys. How much did they know? Like, how much did they? I mean, did they win all? They didn't win all their bets, and they had to stop it because one guy wasn't paying another guy. As much of an operation as it was, was it really an operation? And like, it seems like it's kind of a not a a clown show, but it was a it was. It's being perceived to be this deep mob connected thing and all this other stuff. There's yeah. a couple guys that have a friend that they went to high school with that they used to, you know, hang out and do stuff with that made it to be an official. And they're like, hey, Timmy, um, how, how's, how's the things looking? Oh, well, you know, we're going to call a lot of fouls tonight. Okay, bet the over. I mean, it was that simple at some level, wasn't it? Yeah, well, don't forget, though, this starts. That's another thing the documentary gets wrong. This starts in 03. Right. Donaghy starts betting on his own games in 2003, and the animals just realized this. There was no conspiracy. They just realized Jack and Cannon was placing his bet with the animals. He didn't know this, by the way. And Donaghy, until Game in the Game came out in 2011, didn't know this. He didn't know where that money was going. So they, King Cannon used to bet $2,000 per game on NBA games. Yeah. All of a sudden, he starts betting, and he wasn't, he wasn't winning any more than you or I would. Well, all of a sudden, he starts betting $5,000 a game, and those games are winning at a ridiculous rate. Right. So they, they research, well, what is noteworthy about those games? They realize that Donaghy is the official, and they go, oh, my gosh, we know that Kincannon and Donaghy are friends. They must have concocted some deal between them. So they then start hammering the bet. So they're only betting five grand for Jack and Cannon. They're betting as much money as they can. But the difference is, and this, Dave, this goes to your point, from 2003 until December of 2006, they're simply copying the bets that Jack and Cannon is making for Tim Donaghy. In December, that's that fateful meeting that we all talk about. We could do in a whole hour on that, but yeah. where um, Batista meets with Martino and Donaghy, and it switches now to just meeting. Jack and Cannon's no longer a part of this. He's betting directly with Batista. Well, one of the first things Batista tells him is, hey, look, you have to give me those picks a day before because I need time to manipulate the market to get us the number we want. So it wasn't some, you know, goofy arrangement. It was you no know, business arrangement. It got crazy and goofy because they all got greedy. 
That's another thing the documentary gets wrong, by the way. The documentary suggests, like Donaghy's mm-hmm. on there saying, yeah, well, first, we know that Batista didn't keep his mouth shut. That's true. Batista was betting with a pro gambler in New York, uh, and they were be- betting big money. And the guy asked, okay, wait a second. Why am I willing to take this kind of <laughs> bet? You know? And he said, well, I'll tell you why. And I, again, I talk about that in the book. Well, but what they didn't talk about in the documentary was, yes, that's true. But Donaghy starts betting again with Jack and Cannon in February. So from February until the scheme gets shut down by the pro gambler, Pete Ruggieri, in April, Donaghy's betting with Batista and with King Cannon. And Martino shares his picks on Donaghy's games with a friend of his who's at a Costa Rica sports book. Oh, Yeah. So my whole issue, again, Unbelievable. this is all known, and they purposely chose not to put this out there because it doesn't help Donaghy's argument. And if they said that, fine. If the public knew, okay, this is Tim Donaghy's view of the scandal, okay, fine. But they not only don't tell you that, they carefully select and edit the interviews of the other characters to fit his narrative. And that, to me, is awful. Yeah. Last one for me, and then I'm going to throw it back to Matt. Our chat loves this interview, loves the show. We have a big BVB brigade is what we call them, and a lot of people watch the show. Have you ever been mistaken for Tom Selleck, Sean? I mean, a lot of people love this mustache. and they say, Really? This is impressive. Listen, I wish my wife was here for this question. No, but if I had my beard, which I would have had a week ago, because we just started the semester and I work at a military college, so you're not allowed to have the beard. Like the Yankees. I get Brett Favre all the time. At the oh. gym, at the doctor's office, I get Brett Favre all the time. All right, all right. I, I can see that. Well, that's good. I mean, military school, Citadel professor, uh, former police officer in Philadelphia. I mean, you know your stuff, and man, you still look good. I'm, I, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> Matt, go ahead. Sorry. Thanks, Sean. If folks want to read your book, get your stuff, get read what you're doing. Where can they find you? Where can they find your Twitter account? And where can they buy the book? Thank you very much. Um, my website is great. By the way, obviously, I love when people buy Gaming the Game. Uh, it's available anywhere you would get it. It's available on audio, Kindle, and regular uh, paperback. But um, I have a whole part of my website dedicated to the NBA betting scandal. I didn't want to be accused of being a grifter. This goes back 10 years. And I just thought, okay, enough with the debate. If you're a journalist or just somebody who wants to know, the files I put up, the court documents, there's a whole timeline of events. Anything you need is at seanpatrickgriffin.net. Sean is S O you see it on the screen, S-E-A-N. Patrick and Griffin is G-R-I-F-F-I-N, seanpatrickgriffin.net. And if you want to see me politely correct people on Twitter, it's S-P-G author. <laughs> I'm, I'm so saying you're dunking on people. Sean, great stuff, man. Thank you so much for the time. Really Take appreciate it coming back. We'll do it again soon, all right? Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sean. That is Sean Patrick Griffin. I think Dave Wanstead is is, is, Dave Wanstead, right? Dave Wanstead could be. Yeah, he's better than Dave Wanstead. I mean, I I can't wait to meet that dude in person. I cannot wait to meet that guy in person. So he's a he's a former Philly cop. That 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 part I did not know. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's Irish as Irish comes. Sean Patrick Griffin. I mean, Philly cop. That's (laughs) it's my brethren right there. I, I swear he's got he's got uh, he's got the right mindset. He's got no agenda. I mean, he wrote a yeah. book. He talked to all these people, and um, I mean, they put a story out. They're going to do this, and they didn't talk to this guy. <laughs> or they tried to talk to him at the end to just get more information. Like I I think you know, and I've been told don't waste my time watching 
the thing I on do. Netflix. Yes. Because, but I love the Manti Teo one and people have come and said, well, look, that was an agenda piece as well. So there's, there's some criticism coming to this untold story that they're calling it untold, but every documentary, I've said this for years, every documentary has an agenda. I've never seen a documentary that doesn't have an agenda. They all have agendas for, I mean, it's a, it's always positioned a certain way to make you realize something because they're trying to tell you something in the documentary. They don't always tell you both sides equally. Right. No doubt about that. I think he's putting the information out there and, um, you know, his yeah, website is a rabbit hole that you can go down that I was mistakenly doing last night. He kept me up for way past my bedtime because I was like, man, I didn't realize it. He put this here and he put this here and pleasure to have him on the show. I mean, uh, and That's again, great. at some point our paths are going to cross and um, I can't wait to sit down and and just hang out with them and talk more because I, I was in the books while all that was going on. Like I was in the book at the golden nugget going, wow, these games are flying. Like, why are these lines moving so much? Who in the hell's betting it? There was no other side. Oh. It was like everyone inside knew these were the games. If you went from over 203 first play originator, 205, they bet it over, went 207, bet it over, the game would finish 220. Didn't matter as the book what number it was over until you started to like aggressively move it. And then there's always somebody back yeah, then right. to take the other side. So now you had to maybe move it differently or try to start ahead. Which games is this guy doing? But think about it now. This is why I have been such a proponent of legalization of everything. I mean, it's the same. It, I, I've talked on this show and other shows. Is I, I think legalization for vices is how you police it and protect people from it because you can actually use the information to help it be safer and more on the up and up. Because today, if we saw an NBA total go from 202 to 220, the number of content creators, creator people would be like, what the hell is going on with that game? It'd be everywhere. Everybody would be talking about it. How'd this line move 18 points in three hours? Like, how is this possible? And it shines a light. You'd ask a question. We'd come to you and say, Dave, how the hell does this number go 18 points in three hours? And you'd go, I don't know. Something's up. That's not right. Something's well, going I mean, on with that. I say all the time, the guys that have done it, you can spot it a mile away. Like mm-hmm. there's all these monitoring services and all these other things. And like sport radar, it is what it is. I'll reserve my comments on them for private <laughs> I conversations. think we got into the interview. We understood your comments. Oh, your I comments. mean, that's, you know, they're, 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 they're controlling the message now. And again, right. I would push back a little with this legalization makes it better because um, like the line in the, in the Godfather, when Michael says to the Senator, you know, well, who's, who's the, the, the criminal now or something like mm-hmm. because you make it legal, does it, you mean you make it right. And with great power comes great responsibility. The gambling space is the gambling space. Okay. It's um, a vice. It's people are making money off it. Like mm-hmm. if people that have been booking it or betting it professionally or not, I don't, I, I don't know what makes a professional. Again, I'm still looking for the place that gives you the license and makes you certifiably a professional. A lot of professional people out there now. He saw it. It's manipulated all the time. Right. Just because it's legal yeah. doesn't mean it's going to stop. That's right. That's the reality of it. And I'm as glad that he said yes. 
I think it's not if, it's when a gambling scandal yeah. happens. It's right. when. Well, it happens. It's already happened. I mean, gambling scandals happen overseas. It's happened with soccer. It's happened oh, with I cricket. Mean, since past but past. Yeah, it's going to happen in here. the U.S. Yeah, it's happening. It's, There's it's no debate happen. in my mind. It's happening. Yeah. It could be happening right now. We just don't know it yet. Someone's going down. I mean, there's going th – this entire thing, I've felt this for a couple of years now. We're, we're going at such a, a rapid speed, and we're going so fast in so many of these different states that it's right for people to do things illegally, doing things that aren't correct, manipulation, lying, you know, whatever it may be, you know, mm -hmm. extortion, whatever. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a gigantic FBI takedown of somebody big where we all go, holy crap, what were they doing? Right. Because this is catnip for the FBI. All of this right now is just, it's when, you know, it's like the stock market, it's Wall Street, it's Wolf of Wall Street. It's, you're going to see it as to what's going on that the FBI is going to be laying traps with informants in different situations where they've got people, you know, people that maybe books are taking the wrong information, books are laying things off, books are doing something wrong with this group or that group or whatever. I, I, within one to two years, absolutely. And it couldn't involve, a referee of a major professional sport. There's no debate in my mind that that's possible. Oh, I mean, I don't know if it's a referee, if it's an owner. I mean, you know, that yeah. Stephen Ross somehow that that story just got avoided. Like he was paying, <laughs> pay, paying a coach to lose or offered to pay him to lose, and there was no record of it though, Dave. There's no oh, record of it. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was joking. He wasn't serious. Oh, it's just one of those crazy conversations. We're just yeah. kind of having lunch, and you know, <laughs> I don't know how, how did I how did I how hear did that. I I don't know how I heard that. <laughs> Are we having right? an issue yeah. where we're jumping back and forth just at single shots between the two of us? I just want to make sure we're good. Not an issue. I think Ferris is having fun. Oh, all right. I just want to make sure Ferris paying attention. <laughs> I need Kazoo over the shoulder to say, hey, there's the two box. All right. See? Thanks, Matt. I just wanted to make sure. See? I'm just going back and forth. He's having fun. <laughs> he was giving me a headache. I was like, what the? I just let's, let's talk to each other here. Make sure that the Kazoo's paying attention. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> All right. But that was a lot of fun. Thank you to Sean for coming on in. Uh, this morning, the American Gaming Association, kind of along the same lines, as this is why I want to talk about this in the wake of talking to Sean. Record number of people are planning to bet NFL football. 46.6 million people have at least answered a survey or in some capacity get the survey people to jump this out. Over under this number, 46.6 people betting on football in America this year. 46.4 million? 46.6 million people. 46.6 mm -hmm. million. That's a great, I mean. <laughs> you like the number? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. How many people are in America? 378 million, right? Somewhere in that range? So 46 over 378. Let's see what percentage that is. 46 over quarter. 378. 12%. Okay. Nailed it. That's about right. I say it's 10. Like, you know, all the experts out there like to tell me I'm I'm wrong. I guess I guess I am. I underestimate it. Way more people are betting than you think, Dave. I've heard this for years. I'm oh, like, sorry. Okay. It, was, it was in the release. It's 18%. 18% of America. 46. Oh, you estimated 378. So yeah, it's it less. It must be 350. Okay. 46 divided by 350. 
No, that's only 13%. There's only 330. Either way, I think the number, you can just pull it out of the sky and say, hey, here we go. 46 million, way to go. 18% of Americans are now adults. Are Oh, that's why it's adults. That's why. That's the number. Oh. That's 46.6 million adults. So not everyone. Adults. Up 3% year over year. Uh, Let's see. As legalization spreads, betters are moving away from bookies and towards regulated options. I have no idea how they know that, but the AGA is reporting that. You can say whatever American, they want. Of American adults, 23 million will place a bet online this season, up 18% from last year. Oh. 10.6 million will place a bet in person at a sports book this year, up 2%. Just 13% of NFL betters say they will use a bookie down 2%. Who the hell's telling them, by the way? Hey, I'm betting illegally. Uh, two points up last year, five points from 2020. Bookie usage is 50% higher in states without legalized sports betting. Today, more than half of American adults can legally wager in their home state, 18 million more than this time last year. Nine in 10, 89% of past year sports bettors say that it's very or somewhat important that they bet with a legal regulated sports book. Oh, so that's outstanding. What do you, so, what do you think? What do you think of that release? Well, one more point in this release, uh, consumer protections are central to the legal market. The past year sports bettors recognize the industry's responsibility, responsibility commitments. 90% recall seeing or hearing about responsible gaming in the past year. 51% saw or heard more responsible gaming information in the past 12 months than they had in previous years, <laughs> which is like, I mean, okay. <laughs> hold on, like, hold on, hold on. I'm going to put my glasses on. I'm going to put my hat down low. I just, I, just in case anybody's cutting or clipping this, I just want to make sure that's interesting. <laughs> that's a word for it. That's, yes. that's what you do. You go. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, look, I'm going over on this number. I'm not by, and I'm also going over on what number? The number of people gambling? Yes. 46.6. I'm going over. And I'm also going over the number of people who are betting with a bookie or betting offshore. Mm. I think both those numbers are a little low. I think the number of people gambling is less. Okay. Versus the percentage of people in the United States or... I think one in four people at some point. Because, I mean, again, what do you consider gambling? Because I think, personally, I think your season-long fantasy football league for 50 bucks is gambling. Oh, shit. Now you've done it. Is that gambling? I mean, it is. Fantasy? That's gambling. DFS is gambling. Oh, boy. Fantasy guys are going to come after us. Yeah, I'm just going by what the state, what certain states have said. No, but the gamble, the the fantasy people will tell you it's a game of skill. It's not gambling. It's it's, 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 gambling is a game of skill. Football betting is a game of skill. Of course it is. Boy, oh, boy, then it's not gambling, a game of chance. No, it is gambling. Gambling is a game of skill. Blackjack is a game of skill. It's gambling. gambling. Of course it's gambling. Also, a game of skill. I've, I, I hated that debate. During the whole DFS thing, you got me so pissed off. I was like, why does game of skill versus game of chance, why does that differentiate between gambling or not? Do you know what gambling is? Poker is not exactly a game of chance. Oh, I'm not no, sitting there. Game of skill. Yeah, I'm not sitting there across the table from somebody with, you know, uh, a bunch of crap cards and bluffing my way to a pot because I, I'm lucky. I know what I'm doing. If, if I know if I'm, if I'm a good poker player, you know what you're doing. That's ridiculous. Skill is absolutely involved. No, but 
game of chance means like I'm walking up and I'm hoping something happens. Game of skill means I have a calculated idea as to the probability of this happening. I'm going in with some knowledge as mm. to what may happen. And they're claiming that that's not gambling. As long as you have a game of skill, then that's not gambling. Uh, yeah, it is. I'm just willing to put money behind it. And maybe I win more often than not because I'm able to go ahead and use that information. It's wonderful. I, I, so I that's mean, why I think the number's higher. Cause I, I think, well, if you throw all that into the bucket, yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely higher, but now you're going to get fantasy people upset because they say it's not gambling. Like, no, most of them who are legitimate will say you it's gambling uh, of course. because it's legal and now in 40 in whatever 42 of the 50 states now. So they don't need to lie anymore. They can it's just not hear. How's well, it's not here not because here. the books don't want it here. They tried that paramutual thing for a year. That was, they tried to make that work and it did not work. Oh God. <laughs> Nobody wanted to do prop betting paramutual. We did parlay card prop bets. We did, we, we, we tried everything. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared. It was such low handle. And like now, the, yeah. you know, the, the books are telling people that people want to bet Patrick Mahomes passing yards more than they want to bet the Chiefs. I think that's true. You think more people want to bet Patrick Mahomes passing yards than want to bet the Chiefs minus six? Not on scale, not on handle, but on number of bets, yes. I think people are now looking at prop betting as the future. Prop okay. betting in-game, prop betting parlaying props. I mean, these are all things that are happening outside of Nevada, consistently happening outside of Nevada. Manipulating the market, for sure. Professionals, you mean, or, or the average person? We know the pros are manipulating everything. I'm just saying that the average person, I think people who are now betting, realizing that betting full Jimmy from is Omaha... Or let's go, let's go Iowa. We're okay. very connected in Iowa now. So I okay. Jimmy in Iowa. Uh, Jimmy in Iowa. Or how yep. about uh John? John in Iowa. John, John in Iowa. Iowa. Yes. Wants to bet Patrick Mahomes over 309 and a half mm -hmm. rather than bet the Chiefs and watch the game. I think it's it's coming very fast. Those people on not handle now. I'm not so talking about I'm, betting. I'm, I'm, talking about just number I'm, I'm just asking the number question. of bets. Number of bets, yes. If there's 100 bets right now. Uh -huh. Divide up the number of bets on Patrick Mahomes over 309.5 versus on the Chiefs minus six. What do you think? What do you think it is right in now, I today? In Iowa. It's John in Iowa, there's 100 70, of them. 70, 70 30 bets on the, on the Chiefs. 70% mm -hmm. are on the, on the point spread. That's probably mm -hmm. a fair number. I would actually probably say it was closer to 80. And flip it in three years. Three years, there's going to be 70% of the bets are going to be on Patrick Mahomes passing yards from and the general public. You're, and then John and his wife are going to want to bet on Patrick Mahomes' passing yards instead of the Chiefs. That's just my personal belief. I believe that prop betting is going to overtake, I think, in game wow. betting. I think in game betting is going to overtake pregame betting. I think you're going to okay. see way more people who realize that I'm just going to wait and watch the game get played first before I make a bet. I want to see what the game's like. Can they throw in the cold? Can they play in the wind? Is it wet? Is it, you know, is it too hot? You're going to watch the game and realize how it played. And they're going to watch the first, you know, first couple of innings of a baseball Ooh. game. They're going to work out the first couple of quarters of a football game. And at halftime, they're going to go, all right, I'm going to bet the second half line.
people just need to be more educated as to how they can bet in the ways that they can bet. But as they become more educated into it, that's where all the DFS folks come in. People are coming over from the DFS world. Prop betting is going to explode and in-game wagering is going to explode. Interesting. I don't know. Not pre-game bets now. The bigger bets are always going to come in because the books, like you talked about, the books can accept the bigger wagers pre because they can play off the number and the liability. They're able to determine. But I'm talking about Johnny 10 bucks is coming in and he's betting pre or a prop or, you know, parlaying the props together. I mean, this is why the same game parlay stuff is just huge for these books. They love the four and five leg same game parlay prop betting yep. people. I mean, DraftKings and FanDuel every every quarter they're reporting fan uh, parlay handle is way up and all the it's like because it's what they're advertising, and you know the guy that has a thirteen dollar bet in NASCAR that returns a million dollars. How many people the next NASCAR bet threw fifteen buck crazy parlays out there trying to match what that guy did? The publicity of those parlay cards. At how many the times did they do it? The next day, the next. Are they still doing it? Of course. You think they're still doing it? A million dollars? They lost seven days in a row. You think they're still doing it? The guy that won a million dollars? No. The guy's oh. trying to mimic his bet. Oh, um, I don't know. They lost I mean, seven I- days in a row. You quit betting baseball after two losing days cool. every week. Every well, single week. You're like, yeah. fuck it. I'm not done with baseball. <laughs> like, because I How many it. times does a guy do the same game parlay trying to win a million dollars on NASCAR? Uh, once What's a his week? lifespan. A once week? a week? No. Once a every week. week. My pool guy does it every day. He wins. He loses six days a week. He does it every day. Four leg parlays. The pool this guy loses it. more than six days a week. Okay. Seven, seven days. days a week. So he loses, he loses seven days a week. He wins once just, or twice a month if he's lucky. If he wins. Okay. So, but he, I mean, if he's telling me the truth, he that's all he does. A four oh. leg parlay every oh. day. Well, look, if he's betting 10 bucks. Cup of coffee. My my drink at Starbucks is my drink at Starbucks costs six fifty. <laughs> okay, you get one coffee. of those fancy ass drinks. Okay, I get a triple shot cappuccino when I go to Starbucks. It's six fifty. This explains your mood every day when we get to do the show. I understand <laughs> now why you're coming. <laughs> That's what I get. So they like it. I don't buy it every day, but when I go out to drop the kids off for school, more often than not, I stop at the store, local Starbucks to go and grab a coffee, and I come back home. Why don't you it's go to Dunkin'? You're a Bostonian. What's that bullshit? You go to Starbucks every day. You want to get to this fight now? <laughs> you want to get? You want what to are you doing? Fight? You bashed me for going to Starbucks. You told me <laughs> Dunkin' this and that. You're a Boston guy. You're going no, 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 to no. ice Starbucks. Coffee. Every ice day? coffee. Hold on. Ice coffee is why you go to Dunkin's. Oh, you get the I, hot coffee. I need hot coffee in the morning. I can't do. It's a hundred and fifteen heat yeah. advisory every day. You're getting coffee every morning. Hundred percent hot. Hundred percent. My brain can't function without it. Like I'm addicted to caffeine in the morning, straight up. Like I have to have caffeine either upstairs, making it myself or out getting it out. I have long done the math of buying a cappuccino machine. And what is the mess versus time spent aggravation to dollar saved? I've gone through this and tried to figure it out. Everyone's telling me that an espresso is where I'm supposed to go. Because Nespresso is you can do the cappuccino and the broth is the milk for you. So you can do that. So I've been told that an espresso machine is what you want to go. It's about 250 bucks. Yeah. I've literally walked 
multiple stores and priced out multiple levels of cappuccino machines. How much money can I justify? Can I justify spending $700 on a cappuccino machine? I literally have thought this in my head. Can I justify spending this? Or do I just like paying somebody to do it for me? Because if I don't make it where I like it, I'm going to get pissed off. So like I got to learn how to make it. So I like it. The same thing with pasta. I've looked at making a, buying a pasta machine forever. I would, I, I really want to make my own pasta, but there's a level of, if I make it and it sucks, I'm going to be really mad, but just go to the store and buy it. It would be nice. Everyone says fresh pasta, fresh pasta. Okay. I, I get it. I've had fresh pasta. It's really nice. I can't do gluten. So I got to make a gluten-free fresh pasta. Makes it more difficult. Oh, <laughs> that was outstanding. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot to take on there. Um, <laughs> So, so you go to the Starbucks for. But I'm saying for a ten buck bet, I I I think a pool guy could make a ten buck bet every day. Ten times thirty is three hundred bucks a month. It's like a slot machine, though. You you hit it once. You hit it once. You still don't. I mean, yeah, but you're even. It's what are you talking about? A four game parlay pays ten to one. It's a hundred bucks. You're down two hundred. Okay, depending on the parlay you hit, but yes, I know what you're saying. A guy hit a four-leg parlay in NASCAR, 13 bucks paid a million. Depends on the odds, but you hit a four-leg parlay, okay, it's supposed to pay 10 to 1, maybe it pays 15 to 1. maybe two or three in a month, a month. Yeah, to break even. And generally speaking, going two for 30 every day, it's not impossible. I think people give up before they win. This AGA, they, they report these numbers. It's fascinating to me. Fascinating. You say interesting, I say fascinating because they just go 46 million. They take the population number and make it 15%, bump it up so it looks well, better. Well, I mean, more people be, are gambling. But to be fair, okay, the American Gaming Association hired Morning Consult to conduct an online survey from August 25th to August 27th among a national so two days. Two days, they asked people online, do you bet? 2,210 American adults regarding their 2, betting thousand. Yes. 2,000 people they asked to make these numbers. Well, fuck, Dave. Okay. I got a story for you. You want to know how radio gets determined, their radio, the rankings? You have major markets that are determined by 100 people. <laughs> I mean, 100 like, got, people. Yes. So, like, 100. This is how this is how this stuff does. This is 2,000, actually, a pretty good number, to be quite honest, with the way that rankings is done in the media. It's ridiculous. It's it used crazy, to be done with right? crayons and, and, and written books that you'd mail in for a dollar. So actually, I like two thousand people. Actually, it's a good sample size to get two thousand. Right? Yeah, that's a and number it, of. Oh, it's. I it, hate. I'm with you. I mean, it's a complete joke that you allow you you take two thousand people and determine forty six million from two thousand. It's it's again fascinating is the word I like to use. And <laughs> like, what happens if you were in like a, a populated gambling pocket for for whatever reason? Like, you just hit the honeypot of of gamblers. The entire number is skewed because you happen to get a bunch of people that are in there. Where'd you where'd you get the list? I hope you got the list from an online sports book. Oh, good question. I hope you got the list from an offshore sports book. I hope you got the list from BetMGM, who gets your address and email address every time you sign up for a book. You said it yesterday. You're inundated with offers. Oh yeah. I hope. Where'd you get the list from? Two thousand people. You sent me an email. I'm surprised you got two thousand people to answer an email because nobody answers a fucking email anymore. (laughs) That's part of the problem. (laughs) There's a story. The story that that I've told you off the air. I'll I'll let. I'll leave because I'm not going to get sued. I'm not going to say who who did it. But I, I know of situations. where there's been monitors for radio where a guy has put the monitor down 
next to the radio and kept the radio on 24 hours a day. So the thing thought the guy was listening to the station for 24 hours a day and the station became the number one station in the market. <laughs> the guy was never listening. He had the monitor. He put it next to the radio. The radio was on 24 hours. The thing recorded 24 hours and the, and the numbers of the station went through the roof. I mean, this is like people's lives are determined. Like careers are determined on this. Thousands of dollars is being placed in radio and media for this stuff. Like the dirty little secret about all of media is that nobody knows shit about who's listening to what. Even in digital, it's all messed up. Oh, digital tracks it properly. No, it doesn't. There's all different debates about what actually is, is, (laughs) you know, what is, is. What what is, what is an is actual? Is. Put that yeah, on. What the is and is? T-shirt. What is is? <laughs> Clinton already did, but yeah. So he has know. a T-shirt that says "What is is." <laughs> no. Oh, you know, do you, you remember the Monica Lewinsky? Come on. Oh. So oh. all right, moving on. Speaking oh. of offshores, there is an offshore that now has the Tom Brady retirement number up. Why? Because they okay, they want to. They can. I found this to be quote interesting. Minus 150 on the yes to Tom Brady to retire after this year. Do you agree? Minus 1,500, minus 3,000. He's playing a year after this? If he's divorced, does he play play a year after this? Oh, man, I am no marriage counselor. Nor am I. But if you believe the New York York Post, Brady's got big issues at home. Um. I don't know. I believe Sean Patrick Griffin, our guest. I believe him. I don't believe the New York Post. I don't believe Fair. any of this Fair. stuff. I don't believe this number. This number I ain't taking bets on this. This is great for the press. This is catnip for content creators. Of course. What are content creators going to do if the future of betting is prop betting and in-game betting? Same thing to do now. Just make shit up. No, well, they make sure now, but the but the, but the same thing they do now. I mean, prop betting is prop betting stories and prop betting bets and what to play and where to play it and what to parlay. It's all the same thing. Man, oh man, that's we talked about this forever. Just because we're talking about gambling doesn't mean we're talking about anything different that everybody else is talking about. We're just using gambling lines, right? So same. All thing right, with prop so betting. let's let's it's minus one fifty. All right, no book is going to put this up in. The United America. States, right? Like a legal market, because you have to jump through ten hoops just to say what it why is. Why are you putting this up? What do you know? Why would you? Why did you make the line like this? Who's going to come in and bet this? His agent's going to come in and bet this. Giselle's going to come in and bet this for eighteen million dollars. <laughs> well, it's, it's plus on the yes. I mean, on, on the no, rather, you get plus money if he plays next year. If you know for a fact he's playing next year, it's plus money. So. <laughs> Which way would you bet it right now, knowing what Tom, we know? I believe that Tom Brady is going to retire after this year is over. Yes. I think this I, is it. If the year goes the way we all think it's going to go and the way so, like, you know, the content creators, I mean, people are coming on all over the country, the world. Peter King put out that he thinks the Saints are going to win the division and actually I represent agree. the NFC. I agree. Saints are going to the Super Bowl? Uh-huh. Saints are going to the Super Bowl. Uh, we haven't talked about it. You haven't asked. You haven't asked my opinion out of the out of the NFC. But I think the Saints are going to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Yes. Wow. I'm extremely high on the Saints this year. Yes. Okay. I've not put it on JP JTP yet. I've not done. I've not put money on it yet. But I am very high in the Saints to win the division. I'm very high in the Saints to go to the Super Bowl. Yes. 
I don't like wow. the Peter Kings on that, but Green Bay's got big issues. Tampa Bay's got large issues. And I think you could see if that defense for the Saints plays the way it's capable of, new mm-hmm. head coach, defensive minded coach, Jameis needs to stay healthy. But I think Jameis could have a Michael Thomas comes back. Kamara's not getting suspended. I mean, we, we just forget what that guy is. Michael Thomas is an absolute defensive killer when he's healthy and right. Wow. They're going to make that leap with the first year head coach. Top him before. Yeah. Wow. So. It's a big leap, man. That's pretty, um, uh, that's pretty impressive. NFC is wide open. It is wide open. Brady can't get protected. Okay. Doesn't have Gronk gets banged up, gets hit, gets hurt. Rogers breaking in a bunch of new guys. What that defense looks like. If defense takes a step backwards, I I've seen people that like Ferris team to win the division. Didn't you say you like the Vikings oh, to win the division? God. There's people that love Ferris team to win the division, right? Oh my God. For those so, of you that don't know Ferris team, Mr. Kazoo, he's probably not wearing a hat today. Uh, is the Minnesota Vikings. So Kirk Cousins, right? New no, coach. Disagree. You know, but we got, we got old man Zimmer out of there. He was the problem. Yep. The fact that Dalvin Cook can't stay healthy is definitely not the problem. The fact that their defense at times becomes a sieve, that's not mm-hmm. a problem. They got all <laughs> the problems out of it. And they got Justin Jefferson. They got Kirk Cousins. They got Dalvin Cook healthy. Vikings win the division, man. Punch the ticket. Like, you know, not crazy. Our man Marenzi's on the Saints to win the division. Win the no, he's not. The NFC. Yes, he is. He bets it. Oh, he's wow. touting the, that's what I mean. I like a lot of people I don't in the media them. space like the no. same thing. It's it's weird. I did Oops. not know that, but I don't. Yeah. Do, I didn't know Peter King was on that. I didn't know Marenzi was on that. It's been just my you own. Didn't know I mean, Peter King was on that. I don't read Peter King. No. Oh, I mean, it went all over the media. Yeah, I mean that's fine. Bills are still the first. Bills are the odds-on favorite for the first time since '91 to win it all. The New Orleans Saints are three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, tied for twenty-first on the list of to win the Super Bowl at forty to one right now at Fanduel. Yep. They're forty to one. There's twenty Caesars. teams. Caesars too. 20, 20 to one. What were the what were the Chargers to start the year to make? the AFC last year to win, to make the Super Bowl last year? Weren't they 75 Uh, to one (laughs) to to get to the Super Bowl and like 150 to one to win it last year? Yeah. Right. Uh, Start the year. The hype was, it was, it was definitely, I don't know if it was that high, but it was high. Yeah. They're the fifth choice, but like the chargers, did they make the playoffs last year? Nope. They could have. If they coach had a, Muscle between his head. So why did you bring them up right now? What does one have to do with the other? What do you mean? The Chargers? I didn't bring yes. up the Chargers. I didn't bring up the Chargers. You just said the Chargers. No, I said the Bills. Since 91, the Bills are the first of the, the betting favorites to win the Super Bowl in 1991. I didn't say Chargers. Listen to the show. You said Chargers. I didn't say Chargers. If I did, I misspoke. I was not trying to bring up the okay. Chargers. They, they're not relevant to this conversation. Okay, so the Bills. Yes. The Bills were, what, 10 to 1 last year? They, they weren't that high. Last six year. to one now. They're the favorite. Yep. First time since 91, like I said. In all of football. That's fair. I don't know who else would be. On paper, who's better than the Bills? On paper, nobody. It's perfect. It's best setup ever. Can't they wait. Play the Lucy. games on paper. Lucy in the football. It's tremendous. 
There's Lucy in the in the in the table. You know, you take the table out. Got some some mafia guy jumping on the table, and you're like, whoop, move that table, and bang on that tailbone. The chat said you said the Chargers. Oh, I apologize. I was not meant to do it. Was and he said seventy five to one. I was, half the time, I don't even think you're listening meant, to the show. I meant, I meant the, I meant doing a hundred things at once. Close a couple of those fucking screens. I meant you? the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, not the Chargers. Excuse me. I may have been reading the list. What, of, the, of, what the hell is he talking about? The Joe Burrow glasses are right here. The Bengals. <laughs> no, last year, what were the Bengals to make the Super Bowl? I, I mean, two hundred to one. Right. So that's my, that's my point. One they so, Nobody so we bet him. Five so we people in the whole United States. Ask the AGA how many people bet him. Five. So why, so why are we worried about the Saints being 40 to 1? Yeah, I'm not worried about it. You should be worried about it because why? everyone and their mother's on the Saints. Well, I don't like that. That's true. I don't like that. But to win the division, I think it's, a, I think it's the right. I think they can win a division. I, it, that, that division feels like if things go bad in Tampa, who's going to win it? Right. Panthers. Atlanta. North Atlanta, and ain't gonna be. Could it be Carolina? I mean, no. Come on. I hope Caffrey Rivers has though. to stay healthy. Baker has to stay healthy. Things have to go right. Their it's defense never, isn't bad. No, but never. No, I don't it's like Matt not Rule. The Saints defense. I'm not a fan of Matt Rule in the NFL. I'm not. I'm not buying the, that that hire at all. But I mean, <laughs> what? It said slow down, just like that scene from Taxi with Reverend Jim. What does a yellow light mean? Slow down. And he asked again, what does a yellow light Yeah, mean? I'm too young. Taxi is over my head. I never watched Taxi. But One of the best scenes of all time. Taxi. WKRP in Cincinnati is probably the only 70s show I really watched. And guess what you do now? <laughs> you know. No shit. <laughs> yeah. So, that so was are, you, are you excited, one, about the Bills being the favorite? Because that it. means in your division, you got a shot as the Patriot guy. But, like, is this – the Bills have suffered and their fans have suffered just getting so close. And that's 13 seconds last year. Damn it. Like, they were this close. Mm-hmm. What do you do with this? There's six to one to win the Super Bowl. It's you fade 2022. It. You fade it. That's what you do. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> you bet against it. You don't bet on it. You bet against it. Oh, I love it. Hope that number drops. Pour the money on the Buffalo Bills. Please keep doing it. It's great. They're going to win the division? Yeah. They're going to get the one seat. I mean, I still, I think the Ravens are going to be the one seed. So no, I think the Ravens are on a damn mission, man. <laughs> I am all in on the Ravens, win the division over their win total, win the AFC. This is Lamar. This is Lamar Jackson going to a Brinks truck robbery. He's going to get so much money next in the off season. Wow. Really? I, th- I think he has a monster. I think he's betting on himself. He's going to have a monster year. And, oh man, I don't, I don't mind Lamar Jackson MVP bets. Okay, they got to get Dobbins. Dobbins has got to be right, which is a little bit of a concern. The receivers have got to get open. You're Twenty to one to win the Super Bowl right now. Still, yep. I just I like this Baltimore team is going to be tough this year. Season awards, NFL regular season MVP, Lamar Jackson, twenty to one. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleventh. 
He's 11th on the list. There's 10 guys better than him? I don't think so. Man. So. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Odds on favorites. Seven to one to win it all. Yeah. Already won it. It's over. It's already already him. Oh. God, this is going to be a brutal. (laughs) I just hope they keep winning for a little while. Well, they'll win for a while. I mean, they're going to win 12 games minimum. I mean, we went through the schedule. I mean, and people can go back and watch it. Hit the like button while you're here, too, and go there and find their breakdown. The, the breakdowns are interesting because we did them in the summer yep. and we didn't have all of the information. But with all of the information that we have now, nothing's changed. That's the best part about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we knew they were going to be good. They just signed Dawson Knox to for one deal. of the most ridiculous contracts for a tight end in the history of football. They're just lining up all the pieces and everything lines up for them when you go through the schedule that they're going to Can they run the ball? Games. Can they run the ball? We'll find they out. can't. They are built like an indoor football team. They are playing in Buffalo, New York. It's the weirdest mismatched of style of play to environment I may have ever seen. That's so why they far. lost in the, that's why they lost to the Patriots in the win game last year. Patriots are a better cold weather football team than the Buffalo Bills are, which is weird. They are. They were in that game. Okay. They just are period. It was pretty damn cold when they played in the playoff game, wasn't it? Zero wind. It wasn't that cold. It was 30 degrees. Oh, so the temperature, you just said they were a cold weather team. Well, fine. Let me correct myself. Patriots are a better wind weather team. Weather matters for wind only. Weather. When I say cold weather, it really means wind. Wind cold doesn't unless you're talking about sub zero temperatures, then it's cold. Thirty degrees isn't bad. The guys can hack that no sweat. Wind, that's all that Wind. matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put that on a shirt. Wind, that's all that matters. That's a good. I like that shirt. That's a good slogan. Yeah, it's good. It's so true. I mean, everyone's like, oh no, wait. I said be- it first. I just said it now. Just people, if you're gonna go steal it, just give me fucking credit. <laughs> Send me a thing at Sports BK and say and let me know. That's all. Win it's a great, it's all it's a great shirt because it's so true. Because so often guys wake up, they go, Oh my gosh, it's gonna be like 15 degrees at kickoff. It doesn't matter. Mm. The whole football year. Just remember this. It doesn't, the air temperature doesn't matter unless you get below zero. Then it matters. But until Wind you get to zero, can be affected in 80 degrees. True. Absolutely. It's in particular, if it's like a Florida wind where it's like a, a thunderstorm and hurricane and off the coast. All other stuff matters. It just matters yeah. if it's windy. Yeah. I mean, those really pouring windy. rain games that, that just leads to turnovers and over. I mean, Tom but. Brady threw seven touchdown passes in the snow. And well, remember the <laughs> snow game in Philly? When it flew over. Yeah. Shady uh-huh. McCoy ran all those yeah. things back and forth. It was against the Lions, of course, but don't mean nothing, all that precipitation and rain and this and that. If it's windy, I just need to know the wind. Mm. It's all that matters. Omaha Steaks searing hot take of the day is from this very conversation, talking about where we are here with the NFL futures, who's, who's going to win the Super Bowl here. OmahaStakes.com. BVB is that code. You guys can go. Hey, look, it's football season, guys. Okay. If you haven't taken advantage of this, if you haven't gone and checked it out, OmahaStakes.com. BVB is the promo code. You get 54% off the All American assortment, or you guys can go build your own menu over there as well. 12 Omaha Steak Burgers for free. David and Matt got their packages over the weekend. They get to dive into them. You could too. OmahaStakes.com. This is coming from Craig, Craig Mucklow. 
the vice president of trading of Caesar Sportsbooks, who told ESPN, quote, the big surprise so far is the love we've seen for the Raiders nationally and not just in Las Vegas. They're our biggest liability going into the season and their 4-0 preseason gave the betting public even more reason to bet on the silver and black. How much trouble am I in with my overbet on the Raiders win total? I don't know. This is this is this is Mucklow telling everybody. Why didn't he move the damn number? Fair. Why did he wait so long to to tell people? Got all the money on the Raiders. I would guess Mucklow and like it. Caesars is going <laughs> <They're> comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> comfortable. Keep yeah. getting it. I mean, they're not. I mean. They're telling them they got all the liability in the world. What's the number? Oh, it's still 40 to one. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. He doesn't say though. The one thing he doesn't say in the article is what the liability is on. So is it winning the division? Is it, you know, it's basically saying any team makes a splash in any sport. It's going to draw a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. The Raiders added some sexy names and people want to talk themselves into betting it. But the problem is the AFC West looks like the best division ever. I know it sounds like hyperbole, but I don't think it is. Is the AFC West the best division ever? That's in the article. Yeah. <laughs> Direct quote. From who? From Craig Mucklow. Is the AFC West the best division ever? So we have John Murray... On record, what, what he, he said, what he, Murray said, that Alabama was the best. Alabama's team the ever. best team ever. Bama, it's, it's, it's Bama's best team ever. This yeah. year is Bama's best team ever, and we have Mucklow saying that the AFC West is the best division ever. I don't know. Sounds like a lot of hot gassing up the betting public before football season. <laughs> Listen, a, a lot of times the the bookmakers and these guys that are directors. I mean, I'm not. Murray's the best. Like he, he actually still partakes in the numbers part of it. He's he's right. a bureaucrat. He's doing meetings and stuff all the time, not by choice. By, you know, he has Army. to do that part of the job. I've never met Mucklow personally, but I know of him. I don't know if he watches NFL. I mean, I just it's just fact. It's just it's just you know he's he's doing the job. The Broncos could suck. That's the thing. No, what are you talking about? Broncos country, let's ride. What are you talking about? Russell it could Wilson. suck. Broncos could be bad, bad. They're going to win a Super Bowl. What are you talking about? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> These Russell Wilson's 14 to 1 to win the, what does the, that the MVP. <laughs> what does like that the matter? The win totals right now, uh-huh. or the win total for hold eight on. and a half, right? No, the Denver win total? Is it? More than eight and a half? I thought it was eight and a half when we did it. Nine and a half over okay. minus 135 right now. Yeah, bet the under. No, Matthew. Bet the under. <laughs> they're going to win a division. they got the fourth place scheduled. They're going to be good. Haven't you heard? Are you not paying attention to what's going on? I the could be best wrong. division I ever. Did he? I, listen, everybody's trying to make a splash. Everybody's talking about stuff. The quote is the quote. Oh, you know what though? I'm sorry, I'm misquoting. Sorry, Mucklow. That's Murray saying that. That's Murray's quote. That's John uh, Murray. I sense the sarcasm in Murray. 
Is it the uh, worst division? That's John, John Murray because he was, he was talking about Mucklow and the Raiders, but then he say he switched up, he switched up. Sorry, I, this is Kazarian's article. He switches up to Murray saying this, saying anytime anytime a team makes a splash in any sport, it's going to draw a lot of a handle. Yes, the Raiders add some sexy names. And people want to talk about talk themselves into it, but the problem is the AFC West looks like the best division ever. I know it sounds like hyperbole, but I don't think it is. Oh, you didn't read the whole quote. That's a great quote by John. I read the whole thing. You just you heard all you heard was best division ever, and you didn't hear the and last. Then you sentence. stopped. You didn't read that. No, last I did not. I, I know it's hyperbole. Chat, yes. correct him on that. I read the whole thing. All right. I said, but I don't think it is. Um, that's fine. It is hyperbole, but this is hyperbole. What people bet. That's correct. the best part. They bet this hyperbole bullshit. It's a good division. That's not the best division ever. What well, I don't even think I can come up with an argument though. Like I can't really push back on it because I don't know what I would call the best division ever. Like what year had the best division ever? I'd have to take time to research that. I couldn't push back on that claim. Um, I don't know. There were some years that the, I mean, the AFC North had the Steelers, Ravens, and someone else Browns. go to the playoffs. Yeah, Browns. When you know the Browns were, there were years they did or they were close. Um. The other divisions, think about it. There's always two bad teams, mm -hmm. right? Right. Like AFC South, it's never been the best division. There was a time Jacksonville was competitive along with the Colts and the Titans, a right? A year that the Green Bay Packers, Vikings, and Bears were that's, all really good. That's what I was going to come with. That's what I was going to come with. But I, couldn't, Remember again, when the I, couldn't back on, I couldn't push back on Murray, though. Like if I was having an argument right now, I couldn't give you the year or the teams to say that comment's wrong. I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's hard to push back on that. It's hyperbole, but I don't, I, I would have a hard, I would have a hard time saying you're wrong because of this was the yeah. best division ever. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I can't off the top of my head, tell you top to bottom what the best division ever. I mean, the a, a couple of those AFC I mean, our NFC West divisions, correct the Seahawks, Rams and Cardinals was pretty mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Or you had teams like all three teams. Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals, or Seahawks, Niners, oh, and Rams. I, sorry, sorry. So yes, Seahawks. Well, how about Seahawks, all four? Niners, and Cardinals. Or when all four were good, when all I four teams that, were good. I mean, go back and look. That's been the best division. Like, go back twenty recently, years. Recently, Rams, Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks were good for but the Rams sucked years. for a long time though. The Rams were bad, but like, the really Cardinals bad. were good. The Cardinals were making the playoffs. The Cardinals were close. The Cardinals were competitive. Right. It was a hard Fair. place to play. That division was, I mean, I would argue that would be yeah, the, the in one. The that Warner, would be in the Kurt Warner years, where Arizona was, with, you know, obviously one of the best teams in, in, in Seattle had Russell Wilson. Yeah. And then what were the Niners then? The Niners were, were they okay or are they horrible? I can't remember. No, Colin Kaepernick took them to the Super Bowl. Okay, right, that they were good. Okay, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So I would, yeah. So maybe one of those divisions, one of those years of the Kaepernick, Kurt Warner, Russell Wilson years. The chats lighten up like old school NFC East um, back in the day when it was okay. obviously the Eagles and the Cowboys, Redskins Giants. and the Cowboys and the Giants. I mean, there were division years where that NFC East was must watch television 100%. and they were all very good. 90s, the whole 90s. Was the whole decade? Yeah, right? the whole decade. Was, the whole decade was, was must-watch TV in those four markets. Whoever came out of there was, you know, going to the NFC Championship pretty much. God, I just I hear like that's Pat Summerall's, you know, the whole every week. Yeah, every I mean, week. 
John Madden, Pat Summerall, that whole, you just hear whenever it was Giants, Cowboys, Cowboys, Eagles, always the CBS game of the week. Yeah. yeah. Prime time or a- afternoon, four o'clock. It was right. And you know what was on first was, you know, the AFC Central is what they called it back then. The Steelers, the Houston Oilers, and the Cleveland Browns were all very good. The Bengals were the team that sucked. And then all of a sudden, the Bengals got Goober Boomer Sison and Chris Collinsworth and went to the Super Bowl, for goodness sakes, Icky Woods and all I that don't, stuff. It's so funny. I remember so many players on that Bengals team. I do not remember Chris Collinsworth at all. It's really weird. God, he had that long neck and he made He was a big part of that offense. He was a big weapon for them. I just don't remember Chris Collinsworth ever being like a a thing in my childhood where I was like talking about Chris Collinsworth. We used to say in Pittsburgh all the time, like we were watching Chris Collinsworth going, this guy's in the NFL. Like he didn't look like he could really run. He could run. And he was kind of just like thin. At the time back then, you know, big, tall, lanky wide receivers, they weren't. That wasn't he was one of the first to do what he did the way he did it. Mm. Made so many clutch catches and just kept getting up and just making another catch. I mean, I know in Pittsburgh for a long time it was like, man, this Collinsworth guy. I always remember his name being so long on his uniform. It started at his number on his sleeve and went all the way around to the other number on the sleeve. It's annoying as hell. <laughs> All right, Sports Grid, thank you very much for watching, guys. We really appreciate it. We're back tomorrow, 11 p.m. Pacific time, 2 a.m. Eastern after the Pat McAfee Show. For you guys live on Twitter and YouTube, stick around. Don't move. Obviously, podcast, we got more to come here for BVB. All right, props.com story today. Everyone's loving these two-leg parlays. This is one of the most viewed stories every day now on props.com. People are searching these two-leg money line parlays out. This one is a little bit safer. Less of a return, but not bad. Two-leg, Astros money line, Padres money lines, a plus 106 parlay. Astros against the Rangers. Got Christian Javier going for the Astros and a chance to hammer a bad pitcher for the Rangers, which is kind of what the Rangers throw every single game. And you have the Diamondbacks taking on the Padres. Tommy Henry, the rookie, going for the Diamondbacks. Things have not gone well for him. Got you up seven runs on eight hits and four walks in four innings back on August the 31st in six starts, 4.83 ERA for Henry was not good at AAA either, even though, and the bullpen for Arizona has been pretty bad as well. You got you Darvish going for the Padres here today with a 2.90 ERA over his last 10. How do you feel about Moneyline Parlay, Astros Padres, two-legger, plus 106. Astros Astros and who? Padres. You Darvish. Astros. All right, let's see. Can't believe the Padres won that game last night. Seriously. Incredible. Brutal loss. (laughs) The Diamondbacks, who have been really hot. Yeah, they were eight of ten into that game. Um, I mean, that ain't bad. It just feels like I should get paid more. Right? I don't know. Do you like this? Yes. Just not a big return. It's even money. Right. Plus 106. Plus 106. Yeah. Which one gets you? Padres. Texas won last night. They did it. He can't win again. Gosh, that line's 270, 290 yeah. in places. What the hell? Yeah. I don't know. 
I just, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's okay. I'm not crazy about it, but doesn't uh, mean it's not as I said, people have been coming in here. DJ Hooks on Twitter just said, "Big shout out to us for the plays yesterday." St. Louis, Cleveland, Baltimore. He jumped in. He hit on a hundred dollar bet. He hit eleven hundred. Damn. So he hit on that. Bet a bunch of them. He bet Cardinals money line, Guardians money line. I bet run line. I hit both those on the run line. He right. added Orioles, which was another bet. I went three and zero in baseball yesterday. You, you guys should probably watch right. for the sky because the sky is probably going to fall because I went three and zero betting baseball yesterday. So be really careful. Why don't you like betting baseball? Do you like betting baseball today? You went three and zero. No, there's meteors falling from the sky that are going to land on me because that's it. Because this is not natural. But the the whole the whole dichotomy has been up shaken and, and shooken up by me going three, you know, in baseball, not supposed to happen. You know, it's, it's unnatural for me to go three, you know, in baseball. Hooks like he, up. That's great. So I should have followed him and parlayed all of them because he came through and took a three leg parlay and cash a decent ticket out of that. And then he did Philly's money line. I did run line. He did Ooh. Cardinals money line and the guardians money line at plus plus one sixty. that returned that returned uh, three to, to win three fifteen. So he won three fifteen on that three oh six on the other one, and then he did his own parlay of Phillies money line, Cardinals money line, the uh, under Rangers Astros, which we talked about, uh-huh. Guardians Royals. Uh, he okay. laid the run line, which okay. I did. Okay, yep. and he took the Orioles at plus one fifteen, which is what we talked about. Yep, and that was a twenty buck ticket that brought back two hundred bucks for him. We were good yesterday in baseball. <laughs> we, we all of our plays hit yesterday in baseball, and so he was the one guy who parlayed them up together. He won eleven hundred bucks yesterday. Very good day off off our plays yesterday. So congrats on that. Uh, Betprep.com. Like, I feel like you. I can't remember what we had yesterday. Thanks for the recap. That was pretty good. Yeah, those were all the games we broke down yesterday. Sure. Or I said I like the Orioles. That was the third game and came in, and I like the Phillies run line and Guardians run line, and it was good. Um, so our first football prop bet of the season. You uh-huh. ready? Yeah. Slot receiver for the bills. Isaiah McKenzie over 32 and a half yards. So departure of Cole Beasley. He beat out Jameson Crowder. He gets the start as the third receiver. If you look back at the way that Cole Beasley report uh, performed in this role last year, mm-hmm. 16 game for Beasley, seven mm-hmm. targets a game. receptions a game, average 43 yards receiving. Better athlete, McKenzie, maybe a better rapport with Josh Allen and not the same controversy that Cole Beasley had all around him because whenever that guy talked, it was not good. McKenzie staying out of the media, most likely. Mm. How do you feel about over 32 and a half receiving yards for Isaiah McKenzie? Wouldn't even be fair to me make a judgment. I don't even know who Isaiah McKenzie is. I like this. Hold me. So... You well, I like, like over, it. yeah, I like over on check down receivers in this game because I think the Rams will take away all the big play weapons for the Bills. Mm. They're gonna make, I think they're gonna make him throw to the slot, throw screens, and pick up first downs with his legs. Gotcha. Was the opening number? I think that was the opening number. Oh. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't even, but these. Um, the best part about this stuff for me is that like I've been asked and again, chat people brigade asked me to do the the fantasy football league. I can't do the fantasy football league. I'm not interested in any of this stuff anymore. 
I would do it and just what donate happened? the money. I went, in, I went in and did, did we have a draft? I, 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 I haven't okayed it. I signed the up. Other I, I invitation. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to pay attention to it. I, I, I won't be what you guys want me to be in there because I've removed fantasy football from my life. And I love fantasy football. I do. I love talking about it now very remotely, like occasionally. I'll have this conversation, but I can't recommend a bet one way or the other. Uh, breaking news. More Not breaking good. News. Uh-oh. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur says wide receiver Alan Lazard got stepped on last week, will not participate in practice today in jeopardy of missing week one. Mm. Liz Frack fracture potential. If you get stepped oh, on hard. boy. I'm telling you, Rodgers, this could be a tough year for this Packers offense. Man, oh, man. Everyone just thinks it's going to be simple and easy. Uh, Better to book it brought to you by Caesar Sportsbooks. You guys can get a new account and get a, up to a twelve fifty free roll from Caesar Sportsbooks with the promo code JTP fifteen. JTP fifteen. Just the picks fifteen. All right, Phillies run line plus one twenty. Went two and zero hitting run lines yesterday. I'm going to come back in here with the Phillies who need to start to hit the baseball. Do they? As long as they yes. win, who gives a shit? Fine. But the Marlins aren't going to score. The Marlins, Phillies lead the season series 9-5. Trevor Rogers going with a 5.57 ERA. Bailey Falter going on the other side. Does have a little bit of a higher ERA, but I don't think this team total for the Marlins, it's basically three, two, or one runs every damn day. Correct. And I just need five runs out of the Phillies. Phillies get five. We're covering this run line, and I think they can get five today. Total against the Marlins. is seven and a half, and you're laying a run line with a team you just said need to start scoring runs. Yep. Coming and off a perfect 3-0 and day yesterday, and you're making it very difficult on yourself. <laughs> it's, you know, you got to get ahead of the – I think the Phillies will start to hit again. Oh, man. Come back around against a pitcher oh. that they can drill. I hope you're right, but I'm booking this. Okay. You can't be laying a run and a half in this game with the way the Phillies are hitting. If they're going to the do it, it's today. That's, yes. uh, you know, because Rodgers is prone to giving <laughs> giving up some runs. This That's my point. <laughs> like, you get right by playing the Marlins and you face one of the worst pitchers. This is a get right game for the Mar- for the for the Phillies. But 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 is Falter the get right guy? He's okay because you're going against an, a lineup that couldn't score off you. I understand. So I don't care who's pitching. If you is a major league pitcher, yes, he'll hold the Marlins offense down. <laughs> okay. I hope it doesn't finish four three. It's possible. I think it's that's, four two. That's the way it gets you. I think possible. four three. Yes. But I got I, I'm going three, four, two? four. You like under? I do like under. Yes. I do like yeah, under. Playing with uh, fire, P Ralt betting this run line on a team where you game you like to under. I did it yesterday. And they both hit. Both unders hit and both run lines hit. That's tremendous. <laughs> That's good. Four one, four one five one. So I mean, <laughs> don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's that's come again. I have had this bet voided. I don't know if I'm gonna go if I'm gonna rebet it or not. But I had voided a bet already because they changed the, the pitcher. Oh shit! Yeah. So I Blue Jays Orioles Manoa Day. I actually just said, screw it. I'm going to lay the minus 136 on it. And I took Blue Jays' money line. That's fine. You have action. 
No, I've I've been, always bet pitchers. I don't bet action because we know it still has listed pitchers as an option for money line. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, I'm not going to ask you. I mean, the AGA is not going to ask you where you bet that at because that's an interesting. Uh, but that thing. should be. I thought that's pretty much. Wait a minute. If the pitchers are listed, it doesn't say action. The bet should be voided. <laughs> you better check your house rules, son. Interesting. A lot of money. A lot of money line bets are just money line. Doesn't matter. Run anymore. line bets are always are always scratched on pitchers. That's but money. But money line case no at a lot of books, majority of books. But some books have rescinded that. No, I, change I would, I would lose my mind stuff. if I had a run line bet that was. I'm always betting at books that rescind run lines. I know that. But mm-hmm. the place I place this. They have not rescinded it yet. I was just assuming it's going to be taken down. I mean, I guess it maybe it might still be action. It's action. I, w- I would bet that it's action. Um, because but, the don't you have to list, but don't you have to list it as action if you're going to have no. someone bet to action? No, you have to list it to list pitchers. <laughs> but I listed the pitchers, though. Pitchers were listed. Did you selectively list the pitchers? Did I select? Are they just on it's the not, ticket? It's not, it's not even an option to select, to select the pitchers at the book that I bet it at. Check your house rules. I think you still have a bet. Huh. All right. Well, then it was Blue Jays money line. Manoa at Baltimore. Mm-hmm. He's going to be on fire today. I don't bet I, K props. I like but Baltimore. I but I would bet him over. His he K prop be, over? What is it? I would six bet, and a half? Yeah. I would bet it. Whatever it is, I'd bet it. I think he's going to have a phenomenal outing today. Let's see. Baltimore. Wonder what it is. I'm going to make the number right now. Six and a half with juice under or five and a half with juice over. Five and a half with juice you, over. Big juice over. Let's see. That'd be my uh, get. Uh, Blue Jays, Orioles, more wagers. Oh, the game is down at Fandle. That can't be. Hit refresh. No, it's down. Nope, it's there. Pitcher Manoa gets Wells. I, I got it. Um, the uh, strikeout prop is. Um, Manoa's five and a half minus 112 on both sides. Mm-hmm. So not heavily juiced to the over. Good number. Good, good number. Good number, but the juice is off. Though. That's low, right? That's low juice. Minus 112 is good. I take the over. Yeah, I take the under. I like Baltimore. Okay. I like we'll think Manoa gets hit. He gets hit him today. Gets no, I, I, I think I think they... Baltimore does such a good job of working the count and extending pitchers' innings. So I don't know. He went to his longest start of the season last game at Pittsburgh. But he's lost his last two starts against the Orioles. I'm fading. This is it. why I like Baltimore. It's coming back. I, I think he loses three starts in a row to the Orioles. That'd be stunning to me for how Manoa lose three straight starts. We shall see. Against Baltimore. So, yeah, I like the losers there. Uh, okay. Favorite thing about today is what? Um, well, I mean, that's the first time I ever spoke directly to Sean Patrick Griffin. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. That was so far. That's my favorite thing about today is that again, that we get to do this show and we get to have people on like Sean, who Hmm. is honest. He ain't. <laughs> he did look like Tom Selleck, but Dave wants that was a good one in the chat, boys. Um, that conversation is going to lead to further discussions 
which again should lead to people maybe reading that book and learning the truth about some things. So just learning, having that conversation and learning something today, theme of the day. I'm learning something every day, um, both in this space and out of this space. So that's my favorite thing about today. So I have two fair things about today. The first goes back to, to yesterday, and I had to pick and choose which story I wanted to tell yesterday. I chose the happy one because my daughter is very important, and I wanted to tell my daughter's story about what happened with her. But yesterday was the anniversary of my grandfather passing away. And Grandpa Joe, Mikey Awesome, has done some really cool things with his uh, with the street in the 70s at his bar was. My grandfather was an owner of a bar called Sears Tavern. He ran a book out of the back of it, got arrested for running, running numbers back in the day. I never knew what running numbers was when I was told. Made my first ever bet with my grandfather, who I know somewhere, somehow, in some other place is laughing that his grandson is involved in sports betting because it would make him nothing happier than to have legalized sports betting and not have people bother him and not have to carry around money. My grandfather did not believe in banks, carry your own cash always. <laughs> never liked Sounds it. like me. <laughs> never, never had anything in the bank. Always had, you know, Christmas was always a hundred dollar bill or scratch tickets. That's what our Christmas gifts were. Mm. Never, never actually like he was just, you know, he'd just peel it off and give it to the 17 grandchildren, give us all a hundred dollars cash <laughs> for Christmas. And I mean, I remember going to Rockingham Park and 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 betting horse didn't hit. And he used to he, he taught me a lesson that I learned to this day about holding your, you know, if you have a bill fold, you put the smallest bill on the outside. He used to always say, Don't ever show him you got shit. <laughs> That's what he used to always say. Matthew, don't ever show him you got shit. Don't ever let anyone see what you got. He was that way with cards, he was that way with everything. Just Keep it all on the down low. Yep. Don't tell anyone anything. And I lessons I hear my grandfather in my head all the time going like, yeah, <laughs> yep. that's grandpa Joe would have done that. So that was yesterday was the anniversary of that. And I would, uh, I just hope somewhere, somehow something gets to him that lets him know that his grandchild is doing this because it would make him the happiest thing in the world. He loved that was on the radio. He thought the coolest yep. thing was the world is getting in the car yep. and seeing his grand, but me involved in sports betting, forget it. Like, just would make him over the moon. So that was yesterday. So it was fun to remember my grandfather and, and go through things. And then today I will sign Papa Bear up and I today for Circa, for the Circa Million. So we had a long conversation. Do we do the Westgate or the Circa? Which one do we do? And he made a compelling case for us to go do the Circa. So I'll be down there tonight signing Sean and I up to go see the Circa as we start our fourth run at this. <laughs> see if the fourth time's the charm. For Sean Lockhart and I, I don't know. Are we going to do one? Because I don't do know if want? I could fucking agree with you on five games every week. <laughs> I think I think we should do one. I'm in. If you want to do it, I have to think about it. All right, it's up to you. If you, yeah. I'm in. If you're in, I mean, that's I can. I'm 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 already entering the picks for Sean and I, so I can easily just do it to do one more. Right, that's not hard to, to do. Think about that. So you make up your mind. I'm in if you want it. If not, it's not going to hurt my feelings. I know you get asked by 18,000 people to do 15 different things. I just had to tell someone else today. No, <laughs> literally, I just was like, guys, listen, I appreciate the, the offer. I'm not doing it. I can't talk to you every week. 
I mean, only because the people involved, like, I, I can't stand. Not I can't stand. I don't, like, not like anybody, but. Right. It's going to be such a fight. I'm going to be exhausted talking to this guy every week trying to offer but we, a game. We, you, but we were good, though. We did the West. Oh, we, yeah. We, no, we, we would be much better. Together. But but now you're, I mean, you're another year in. You're much more <laughs> sports betting example expert, not analyst. True. You're talking not, on panels not, and all this that's shit. Not now true. I can't that's fucking funny. talk you off of games. <laughs> now you I can't can talk. Wait, wait, wait. You talk about games all the time. I oh often we talk about games. There are certain games in college football which I will hold my own to and say I think you're wrong. But you know more than I from a trend in historical perspective. So none of that shit matters, though. Yes, it does. It That's not true. That matters. It matters. God, that doesn't matter for that one game, but it could mean over the course of a large sample size of a season, it could matter. Three and two every week. Try to find a way to go Those three, three and two every week. You still can't get paid. That's the you bad would, part. Uh, top, you'll probably be top 100. You probably get your money back. Not going to win it, but you're probably getting, no? I don't think so. 60%, I 60%. 60% is on the cusp. It might be, it might be, it might not be. That's how crazy this thing has gotten. Yeah. That's right. I mean, like the past couple of years, it's been like the people up top, it's, yeah, if if you're going seventy two percent, if you're going three and two, you're getting paid. Yeah, I mean that's sixty percent gets you in the money. I'm in a contest every year. What the fuck are you talking about? Go look. <laughs> got it. I mean, I'm in a contest every year. You go 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 look. Go, yeah, go look. The guys went three and two last year. Sixty percent didn't get paid. I thought sixty percent got you in the money mostly, but I mean, it's fine. I mean, what are you talking at, about, Kazoo? At Westgate. At, at, at which Westgate. contest are you talking about? The circa Westgate will get millions. millions. Yeah, the circa Westgate millions. Will get you paid. Percent didn't do it. Maybe yeah, I'm it might have been 62. Oh. It, 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 it may have been 60, over. It. it was 62%. Okay. I think, it was the last yeah. page I think we should, I think we should do the survivor. The three of us. <laughs> oh, that's a whole different How story. How are we going to agree on that? Each, per, each person story. has one week and they get to choose. And if you're the, that's, you know, I'm not letting you run a thousand dollars on us. No, if, you, if you're the fall guy, not. then no, you know, that's bah. a bad idea. That That's asking us all. Oh that's, a whole, that's a whole, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's show that's be a over bad. after week three. That's and a I bad idea. The Steelers and they fucking lose. <laughs> I'll take the Steelers that's, week one. How about that? I, against, I do too. Against the Bengals. Wow. I think that's horrible because they're going to lose week two. I want them to win week one because they'll lose week two. You know two. what we should that's, do is last good. man standing. We, we have to consider that. That has interesting. That is interesting. We should, we should oh, consider What are the that. rules on that, though? Just pick that's a local winner and move on. Is it we, a one money line? No, point spread winner. One point, point spread, spread winner. winner. Okay. We do like we do BVB entry, you know. And fair and picks stations, a game. Right? I pick a game. You pick a game. We each do an entry. I mean, you just buy four, get one free or something. So we start with five. Oh, and that's, see how that's long the five hundred. That's the five hundred buck one, right? Oh, that's that's twenty five bucks an entry, I believe. I got the rules. Oh. I just I picked them up last night in a book. Um, hundred percent. Let's do that. Done deal. Let's do that. But we that's each, a great idea. We each do I love that. that. We 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 have the listeners or the viewers kind of give us a game, you know, and we just pick Ooh. it as we go. And see how long we can go. This is what Las Vegas Chris won last year. He stayed in right. it long enough. It's the was last, it last man year? standing. Was it last year or the year before? No, last year he was part of uh, uh-huh. a group that won the last man standing. Him and a partner. What'd they win? Do you know? Fifty thousand. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a nice payday. Yeah. All right, I'm down. I like that. That's fun. 
The I, people just, want us. The people want us to do a contest entry. Or did the people sorry. want to pay us? Have it be sponsored. That's what somebody. <laughs> Don't. Said. Uh, 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 he didn't just say that. You didn't just say that. <laughs> no. You can't do that. No, no, no. Okay. No. Because if someone does that, we're in trouble. So no, you can't, you can't do that. Are the lawyers but, are watching the show? Just in general, just FC, just in general broadcast type stuff. It's we're oh. not asking you guys to pay for it. When I ask you guys to pay for anything, okay. Um, but I mean, I know they want us. To, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll tell you guys at some point, maybe tomorrow. We'll tell you what we're gonna do because we have to, we have to make that call because the first NFL game is tomorrow. Amazingly enough, would you use you it in the contest? I wouldn't use tomorrow. It. I've never not. used the Thursday game once. No, in my I don't use contest. it. That comes from the Westgate. I don't use Thursday simply from the Westgate Super Contest. That's just a carryover. Doesn't you have to put your all your picks in Thursday morning? It's not smart. I Although mean, Circuit did, oh, Circuit did allow you. They actually changed. I'm, oh, I'm wrong. They changed the rules. You can use Thursday and put your other four in on Saturday morning, right? They changed no. that rule. Put well, they didn't change the rule. Oh, okay. Then yes, no, I no, I never used Thursday. I would never, I've never used Thursday in the history of my existence. In bet it. I mean, you, if you like it, bet it. Just don't use it in the Circuit Contest. Correct. And by the way, today is the day the numbers come out for Circo, right? For the million? Westgate. Westgate Thursday numbers is, come out Wednesday, Thursday for Circa. Circa for Thursday. Okay. Yeah. So we got that. I mean, I wanted to do Westgate. I fought with Chris. I mean, with, with Sean to do the Westgate. And he said, no. He said, it's like the World Series of Poker for gambling. And I was like, do you want to cash or do you want to be the World Series of Poker? He's wrong <laughs> too. But that's funny. <laughs> I'm with you. I wanted to do, I think the Westgate is really interesting because the, the quarter polls are guaranteed. The prize pool is not. The guarantee, the, 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 you know, whatever you take home to win it is not guaranteed. But the prize pools are. I mean, the, the three the week polls. contests are so much fun. You know, I went 13 and two uh, last year twice wow. and fucking 14 and one, one. Wow. 13 and two twice. What's and the, is it 50K, 75K? What's 100K. 100K. Okay. Yeah. So they paid the top three spots. So oh. 13, one and one. Somebody <sighs> went a push. That's how I didn't get the 25,000. Half a point. Year. That's a hook and a half. That hurts. I was like, man, I'm just not, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting closer and closer and closer. I just want to cash. Like we talked about Lippard, Lippard cash the first quarter last year. Pick wow. up a hundred thousand or whatever he got, and that pays for the contest century for the next decade. Right? <laughs> wow, you can really relax. Yeah. Decade over. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, those are fun. We'll see. Addison so. Trubisky. That's the best thing about today. Addison just chiming in in the chat. Trubisky era starts Sunday. Enjoy that. He's Dave. I'm Matt. We're back Thursday for the start of the NFL football season. Prop bets, breakdown, side totals, all coming Rams and the Bills tomorrow for BBB.